0: Lot Radio.
1: WBTR 1, as we're calling it, but episode 35, if you have ever uh, listened to Ready to Unload before. I am Steve Sampietro, otherwise known as Sam Pete, along with Brian Calniva, Caliente, Calpino, Calvi, and Cal, welcome to episode 1 of WBTR, Ready to Unload on WBTR. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm a little melancholy. To be honest with you. I don't care for melancholy one bit. I'm sorry. You stop that right now. Well, you know what? It's August 31st. Yes. It's the end of the summer. This is the last summer show that we'll be doing. That's not accurate. Well. The summer ends next week. Well. After Labor Day. Yeah, but the next time we're on the air, will be after Labor Day.
2: Oh, that that is a good point.
1: So I'm a little, you know, I always get that way around this time of year. Will you be wearing white pants? Yeah, I can pull that off. Absolutely not, I disagree. Well <laughs> welcome to <laughs> it it Welcome to Ready to Unload with Callin St. Pete and Dr. E. Ray Stat. We are taking your calls at four two four-two two zero eighteen seventeen, talking about everything in the world of New York centric sports. And uh, we have a ton to talk about tonight. We're gonna open with the NFL a little bit because this eighteen game season, thing, which is supposed to stop labor strife, has really gotten under my skin. I don't like it. And uh, we're gonna call, we call this the Big Unload, and that's what it is, the Big Unload. And um, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the Yankees, Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about um, the, the NFL. We're going to go around the league. We have a segment called the Ready to Unload Fun Load, in which we talk about something, you know, aside from the usual sports talk show fodder and banter. But uh, before we get to all that, let's welcome in Cal again, officially, because now that we can be heard, apparently you can't talk over the music here. It's good music, though. We just figured that out. So hope you enjoyed the theme song. <laughs> and let's welcome in Dr. E. Ray Statt, our with us as always, quote unquote, Dr. E. Ray. Statt. How are you, E. Ray?
3: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
1: We are doing good. For those of you who are new to the program, Dr. E. Ray is a licensed physician. He is a uh, urologist, a medical doctor. He is also... Uh, the provider of stats, uh, the producer of the show, as it were. If you call in, which we strongly encourage you to do, you will speak to Dr. E. He's the screener. He's like the den mother also. He kind of reins us in when Ranges we go us in. He is actually AI- IMing us right now. Get to the point. Knock it off. Enough.
3: <laughs> well, I also wanted to mention I hate Cal being melancholy. He does realize it was 95 today, right?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So summer weather-wise, not so much at an end. Also, all the more confusing to me. (laughs) Why would you choose melancholy? That's how I feel. Every this is the time of year when I always feel melancholy. Eh. (laughs)
0: melancholy.
1: I I just kind of walk around going. "Eh," You know, know, baseball season is kind of winding down. Football season hasn't quite started yet. Can I ask you a question, please? Is this melancholia? Uh, this melancholic feeling. <laughs> they make up yet another word. No. Does this have to do with the team that you worked for uh, a in, in baseball? Yeah, a little bit. So the last, you know, I mean, not the last four years, because 07 and 08, obviously, uh, they were still in a pennant race at very the, much. At this time of the year, yeah. On their way to blowing it. Yes. But the last two years feels a lot like the 90s, doesn't it? Well, you know, and and again, for those of you who are, are new to us and just joining us, we are um unabashed Mets fans, so that's my team of choice. that I'm uh, I'm it. You bashed? I am it. Yeah, right on. now, with the Mets, <laughs> I am bashed. Yeah. I have never been more bashed. I can understand that. Sounds like I'm saying a bad word there. It does. Feels good. But the point is, this is the time of year where I always feel like, you know, I'm just not kind of in the middle. It was always right before school started. Right. You know? Well, that's the key. That was a big thing, and even, you know, so far out of being in school... I still get that feeling this time of year. Right. Because you know school is, is – you know there's like the back-to-school sales, which started like uh, two months ago. on oh, June 30th. And then for those of you out there who are new to this program as well, Cal has, uh, has young girls. Uh, I do. That are in school age. Yes. Of school age. And so, you know, you're doing the back-to-school sales, and you're doing the backpacks, and you're getting the kids ready – but yet it still feels like you have to go back to school. Exactly. That's a, I feel like I should be going and getting a new pair of sneakers for the school year. <laughs> you have a new shirt on. I tonight. have a new shirt You have on. a new T-shirt on. That's right, baby. first, first Jet shirt. Baby. Cal is a converted Jet fan. Uh, came to us after several years uh, with the, uh, believe it or not, with the Dolphins. But he's a New Yorker, of course, so that was always a strange and incongruous rooting interest it, on his part, anyway. It's crazy. But just getting back to my, my feeling. Yes. It's melancholy right until Labor Day, and then the the calendar turns to September, and before you know it, it's the first week of the NFL season. Absolutely, and that's where we want to start tonight with the big unload. That is the length of the season. The length, the length, so much. There, obviously, for those of you who don't know out there, um, you know there is a a labor unrest on the way. One of the things that's being bandied about quite a bit and was reported on last week is the idea of an 18-game regular season for the NFL. And, Cal, let me just go on record as saying I could not be more against this for a couple of reasons. Let me just throw out – and I'm actually I'm actually angry about it. I can't tell. I, I wouldn't know no, that. No, because here's the thing. Number one, if you're a season ticket holder for an NFL team, and I'm, I'm almost positive – and maybe Dr. Eric can look this up, but I'm almost positive this is the case everywhere – Okay, the, the fan has to pay for both preseason games. Now, are they paying regular season prices for those preseason That's games? That's correct. There? Wow. So, I, you know, I've had, uh, we've talked about this on the show, if, if you've listened before, but I've had jet season tickets in my family for 19 years. Okay, this year we moved to the new stadium, uh, even though it's PSL, but we moved to the upper bowl, so there's no PSLs. Okay. Uh, however, our tickets went up twenty-five dollars a seat for the privilege of sitting four rows from the top of the stadium. Thanks, Woody Johnson. Which is a, a, a taller stadium too. Correct. Correct. It's much, much taller stadium. Not leave that out. Yes, uh, my uncle Tommy, otherwise known as Big Pauly, not pleased with his new seats or his experience at the new Meadowlands. <laughs> but for years, you had to buy—you had to buy, you've had to buy uh, the, the whole season. So you had to—you get eight regular season games and two preseason games, ten games. You had to buy ten games. Right. Our seats this year were ten uh, or one thousand fifty dollars, or hundred and five a seat a game. Okay. I-, I can tell you, I've gone to maybe six preseason games over the nineteen years. What's the point? Okay. A? a. What's the point? B. It's travel from Long Island to New Jersey, uh, or from wherever I was at the time, you know, uh, to New Jersey or whatever, and it-, it just was not worth the effort. Plus, I went a couple of years ago after Pennington's great year, and he broke his wrist.
2: Well, so I vowed you never go
1: again. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know you have to pay for those two games anyway. There's four preseason games now, Cal, right? Okay, if they are they talking about an 18 game season and doing away with two of the preseason games? That's what that's what I hear. Okay, so now I'm going to have to pay for 10 games anyway. But now you're paying for nine regular for season nine regular season games. games. But here's my problem: these guys can't make it through a season healthy as it is. What is going to happen when you add two more regular season games to this tilt? The well, quality of the product goes way down, Cal. Uh, and then if you, add, if you make an 80 game season count, do you make three buys? Because you have to. Well, you make two. That's not enough. Why not? Because these guys are going to get concussed in week one. But look at the injuries this season. The game is too fast. These athletes are too good. These guys hit too hard. There's too many concussions. There's too many broken legs. There's too many... Uh, there's too many injuries. But if they're playing 16 games now with one week off, you think by adding two more games, they need two more weeks off throughout the season? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Because you need more time for recovery for injuries. Well, and and it just, it, it's just too much. Why do they have to have more of a good thing? A, and B, I'm paying for 10 games. Now, I had read that they weren't going to cut the four preseason games. So it's going to be 18 weeks with two buys and four preseason games still. No, that can seem. That's, that's ridiculous. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. So then I'm paying for 11 games, two of which don't count. But the, the prices are astronomical as it is. Right. Okay? Why do you, they should. My proposal is, and the sports guy has talked about this, okay, they should go down or stay in a 16-game season and add another buy and cut down to two preseason games. That's all you need. You don't need four preseason games. So you want to so keep the 16 game season. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Keep the 16 game season, add another bye. Correct. Correct. Every team gets two byes. More time for these guys to be in. First of all, it's more football. So it's essentially an 18 week season with 16 games. Um, okay. So you're okay. getting your 18 weeks. All right. And keeping four preseason games. No, go down to two. So you go down to two, but you keep the 16. So now they're playing a total of eighteen games. Correct. but it's it, it's an eighteen game or it's an eighteen week regular season. You have football for eighteen weeks. Okay, all right. That's not bad. And you're giving teams an extra box to get guys healthy. Look at how many guys are hurt right now, Cal. Yeah, I know. In this coming into this preseason, it's ridiculous. <laughs> And I know, you know, people have been telling me, well, it happens every year, it happens every year, uh, you know, but it, I, I have not seen it escalate this quickly where key, marquee guys are hurt and secondary guys are hurt. Right. The teams have no depth. Right. Well, that, now, going to that point, you see the suggestion of maybe increasing the roster size. You know, there are 53 guys on the roster right now. Um, they're talking about increasing that roster size, and they should increase the roster size if they're going to add more games to the schedule. You're talking about them, you know, being concussed and, and dropping like flies. They gotta have more. They gotta have more depth in order to, to play more games. So, it, so you're saying if they go to the 18-week season, you expand the roster? Absolutely. But it, that's still not going to keep the marquee guys from getting hurt. Well, no, but you're more. <laughs> I know you poking holes in all my theories. No, I, I, I mean, it, you know, I understand that the the idea that like there can never be too much of a good thing. Everybody loves the NFL. All right? I'm, I'm an NFL junkie. Okay, I, we both are. We'll sit there on Sunday and between fantasy and real football, I'll watch 14 hours of football, quite comfortably, quite happily. Well, I'm not a. Right. Uh, that'll happen from time to time, folks. Do not be alarmed by that. That's just a. Uh, the computer telling me that there's a storm front coming. Hurricane Earl is on its way. That's correct. Uh, and we'll go to Evan with the weather right after this. No, um, I think I, I think I actually figured it out. Um, it's 90.
3: It's 95 and muggy in in New York.
1: <laughs> He's not the best weatherman in the league for nothing. Thank you, Doctor e. Ray. Let's go to Ollie with the, with the weather forecast. <laughs> it's hot. Uh, <laughs> well. No, but if you go to an 18-game season and you expand the rosters, that's fine, but you're still going to have the same kind of injuries that we're seeing and with the propensity for concussions that, that, that we're seeing happen with these guys and the mismanagement of concussions. Oh, and, and that's throughout all sports. Yeah. It's but amazing. I mean, it's especially prevalent in football, Cal, and you're going to have football players that are vegetables by the time they're 35. Right. You know, I mean, what, what, what 22-year-old kid is going to, he's going to have a five-year career if he's lucky? And when he's 35, he's not going to be able to either a walk or b comb his hair without getting a concussion. I, I think I think that's that's going a little too far just by adding two games to the schedule. But it's it's it, but think about it. Those are going to be two of the most competitive weeks. You're adding exactly. so in some cases. In other cases, those two weeks might not mean anything to anybody. And then you your guys. Okay, but if you're uh, so, let me ask you a question then. All right, so if you're doing that, are you expanding the playoffs? No. So you're staying at six teams? Yes. But an 18-game season? 18-game season, you're going to have more teams eligible for the or, – or more teams in playoff contention. All right, well, let me think about that first. a minute. are just going to. Yeah, yeah, by default you will because you're playing more games. There's more and opportunities are, and, to get in. the playoffs. And also, players. they're obviously going to add a division game, or maybe you're going to add a, or, so or a, to eat a, eat a conference game. I guess you're going to eight teams then? I would go seven. How do you do that? And only give one bye. That's an odd number. We could, you, you could do seven and only give one bye. Now you're asking teams to play 18 games, and now you're only giving them one bye going into the playoffs. Listen to me. I don't want the 18 games <laughs> at all. If I, I don't want it. And if I'm going 18 games, then I'm going seven teams giving three byes. Let me ask you a question. Let me, you know, just from a fan standpoint. Why am I, well, all right, yeah, this is, from a fan standpoint, you don't think, the, if you add two weeks to the schedule, that will obviously lengthen the schedule, correct? Yes, are you with me? Yes. Okay, now they've already moved the Super Bowl to like the first week in February. Yes. What in the world do you do between February and spring training? What do you do?
4: Hot stove baseball.
1: Okay, a little bit of that, a little hockey. Well, I, we do. Little hockey, little NBA. Well, there's two of if us left that do that. This time, I don't know. though. I don't know if there'll be time. No, probably not. So what I'm suggesting to you is by lengthening the schedule, you now have a built-in. Everybody's always talked about the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. You're gonna, you're gonna Day. You're gonna make it a national holiday. Make it President's Day. Exactly. But you don't have to add two games to do that. Well, you got to add two weeks. Extra buy. Two, so now you've 18 you, weeks of football. So baby. now you want. 16 games and three buys. are only two weeks. <What? laughs> um, no, but you can, why do you have to start the season? You, you could start the season on, you're only adding one week. Well. The, the, the Super Bowl right now is the week before President's Day, is it not? No, not this year.
2: Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just this saying a wrench in my entire... Well, wait,
1: maybe Dr. E. Ray can punch that up for us. Yeah. I believe it's late this year. I believe President's Day is, is late February. Isn't President's Day always February? It's, it's the third Monday in February. I think that falls have on, on... Valentine's a... Day in there. Right. And no, I did not say Valentine's Day, no. by the way. <laughs> Although I do love people who say that. And especially. and Especially. And on, you know, what's the windshield factor on Valentine's Day? Uh, <laughs> we could do a whole show on that. Yeah, we could do a whole show on that. No, so I believe, yeah. So it's the third. It's always the third Monday in February. So it's <laughs> the week after Valentine's Day. It's the week after Valentine's Day. Right. right. But some days, some some years, it's the day after Valentine's Day. It's whack-a-doodle if you work it out that way. Right. I'm just saying, from a fan standpoint, more football is great. I ended. I I, I I disagree. What is the quality of the football? What is the quality of it? It's always good. If if, if Peyton Manning's hurt in week one. You know, if these these guys are hurt in week one and have no chance of coming back. Well, Peyton Manning can get hurt in week one right now. What if he's hurt in week 18? Because he's got to play those two extra games, and he's trying to earn one of my one buys. (laughs) Then you have a problem. Look, the sports guy guy proposed this, uh, Bill Simmons, who uh, uh, Brian and I are both big fans of. And and he talked about on his podcast a couple weeks ago uh, with Rich Eisen from the NFL Network, who we were also big fans of. And maybe someday we'll have right here on Radio Unloaded with Calvin. We like a lot of people. We do like a lot of people. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call. We got to keep giving that out. Remind me. I will. Uh, but uh, Sports Guy was talking about staying at sixteen games, giving two buys, okay, to each team, so you have time to get healthy, and then going to seven playoff teams, but only one team, the one seed, gets a buy. So you would never see. What we saw with the Colts and the Jets last year, because you're playing down to that last game of the season to get that number one seed, and it would very, very rarely, if ever, be clinched in like week 16. It does make that buy exclusive and and very important. And That's then you true. and then you, the two plays the seven, mm-hmm. three plays the six, four, four plays, plays, plays the, the five. five, circle gets the square, and you got you got uh, what you get. You get six games on the first playoff weekend. How do you do that? You do three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Or you do one, four, and eight. Yeah. bingo, bingo bango. Wow. That, no. All right. Who would not sign on for this? That's interesting. All right. Uh, Wait, so what, now, what is, recap the eighteen. So. I don't want 18 games. Okay. Let me start there. All right. So we're going to keep a 16-game schedule. That's right. We are going to add... A bye to the season. So every team gets two byes. Every team gets two byes. And the the season now is 18 weeks. Okay. There's 18 weeks of football, not 18 games. 18 weeks. Just like there's 17 weeks now, but only 16 games. Fair enough. Right. So now you're gonna add, it's gonna be 18 weeks. Now you're gonna also add a playoff team. That's correct. Because you've lengthened the season in, in time, not in amount of games. Right. Try to get my head around this. Try to wrap your head around. And this is, and I got to say, I got to give full credit to Simmons because this is mostly his idea. Now, the last question would be: Are you always eliminating that week off between the Super Bowl and and the conference championships? Or it, again, does it the way that this, the year falls, where some weeks, some years you have it, some years you don't? I think you, I, and most people hate that 2 weeks thing. I am, I, I'm kind of a proponent of it. For one simple reason, and, again, it goes back to my injuries, you know, thing. My injury, I like having the two weeks between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. Why? Because I, I, I feel like it gives teams a chance to be their healthiest for the Super Bowl. Okay. And I think that's fair. Okay. But the bottom line is it, it, Dr. Ray is telling us we're getting confusing. We apologize, Dr. Ray. We have, <laughs> we have a whiteboard here in the studio where we're writing all this down, uh, but there is no whiteboard on the website. Uh, but, uh, and if you could maybe, uh, Dr. Ewing, just write a quick article on what the heck we just talked about, that'd be great. <laughs> no, but seriously, we started talking about the 18 game season. We'd love to get your opinions on this. Uh, 424-220-1817, the number to call to talk to Cal Pete, and Dr. Ewing. Um, and, and, but I, I am personally just very against the 18 week season because I, having gone to games for the last 19 years, and A, seeing the ticket prices just get astronomical, and another game is it just with the PSLs and everything, I, th- I don't think it's financially needed. But more importantly, when you're at these games, Cal, and I'm there every week, the physicality has changed from 15 years ago, 10 years ago, to now. That, oh, five years ago. Yeah, that it's if you add two more regular season games, these guys are not going to know their name in five years. You know what I mean? I think concussion, concussions and head injuries uh, are going to be the norm uh, rather than the, you know, uh, the rarity. And, and, and I think you really have to consider that. I think that's why the players' union is so against it. And I think that's why, you know, you've, you've heard players say it's hard enough to stay healthy during a 16-week season. Right. You're going to add two regular season games to that? I think it's a diminished product. I don't. I don't think. So. I. I'm not. I'm not discounting what you're saying because I agree. That's a. That's an excellent point. Um, it's an excellent point that that you run the risk of further injury. It's, it's just you know law of averages. More opportunity for injury by adding two games. Absolutely. From a fan standpoint, though, it's more football. Right. So so fans would would want to see it. You know, a lot of fans don't look at the game like you do, and I, nobody's. It's not that they're insensitive or cold. But most fans look at it from the standpoint of, oh, I want to watch more football. I want to watch the Super Bowl the day before President's Day. Yeah. You know? Yep. Dr. Ray? Yes? said <laughs> so you want to jump in or just jump in, my brother?
3: Yeah, I think you're crazy. I have to be honest with you. Uh,
1: all right. Well, I've heard that before. Why don't you tell our listening audience why?
3: Well, I mean, how much time do we have left on this segment to talk about how crazy you are here?
1: <laughs> you know, the um, – <laughs> You're not supposed to take out a squirrel and list the reasons.
3: <laughs> you're, you're the biggest, one of the biggest football fans that I know. I can't imagine anything more fun and exciting than two more weeks of football, two more weekends to watch football. You're very concerned about the players and the cost. I get it. But come on now. We're watching football. This is fantastic.
1: I'm giving you two. I'm giving you an extra week of football. I'm giving you the same
3: thing. You're, no, you're, not, giving me two, you're not giving me two extra regular season
1: games. I don't. Why do I need to give you two extra regular season games? I'm giving you 18 weeks of football. Yeah, but then you're stretching it out. Yeah, uh, that means I get an extra week of watching football.
3: I want it all. <laughs> I want. I want my two. I want my two and your two.
1: You 20 weeks for Dr. <laughs> what the heck? Let's 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 play 24. Let's play two. Why don't we just start scheduling double headers, Dr. Irwin? You know. I, no, I, I just my, – my, my biggest concern is uh, – or my biggest problem with this situation is that I'm seeing these injuries, this, especially this year in particular, and they've tried so hard to make advancements, whether it's with the mouthpieces or with helmets, to really cut down on the number of concussions. And or, you know, they have the new rule cow in place, too, where if you are diagnosed with a concussion, you have to sit out a week. Yes. You can't talk your way back into the lineup and uh, or back onto the field or whatever. These are all good measures. I think if you add what is essentially 60 more games, right? Because they're, they're, you know you're adding two two games for every team, right? So it'd be 30 more games, right? Okay, you're going to just see the level of injuries, and these are these are regular season high stakes games. You're going to see the level of injuries go to a point where. I, I I just – I I think they should be working on – get concussions under control, and then you can talk to me about expanding to two more games. You know what I mean? In the meantime, give me 18 weeks of football. I like that compromise. That's my compromise. I would like to see 18 games. I'll take 18 weeks. I just want the – I want the Super Bowl the day before President's Day. And if that means taking <laughs> the month of January off for that to happen <laughs> – and so be it. You don't care how they work that out? I don't care. That's, Just get that that's done. That's my end game. <laughs> four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. 18-17. So uh, we wrapped up uh, the, the big unload there. San against 18 games. Cal not caring as long as the Super Bowl is the day before President's day so he has to off and work the next day. That's all he wants. We are going to talk a little bit about the Yankees now, Cal. Let's move into baseball because the calendar is about to flip into September. And there's even Mets to talk about too. We'll get to the, uh, Meet the Mess. Oi, oi, oi. Did you see the new logo? Yes. Did you see that? Oh, somebody posted on ESPNNewYork.com uh, uh, a big article uh, about, you know, Meet the Mess. And it was like a three-part series about how inept and how uh, in trouble the Metropolitans are. Oh, Adam a, Rubin. Adam Rubin, of yeah. course. Who does a good job. We like Unfortunately, him too. We like him too. Put him on the list. And uh, they did this thing where they changed all the logos of the teams in the National League East. And the Braves one was like a Bobby Cox. You know, instead of Braves, it said Bobby. And the, the head of the tomahawk was actually Bobby Cox's head. Right, which was cool. Phillies was, uh, Phillies in script, but it said injuries right. in the Phillies script. My favorite was the Marlins. The Marlins one was great. Because the Marlins logo is is a big F for Florida with with the with the Marlins behind it. Right. They changed the logo to a D plus. Right. With the Marlins behind it. Marlins behind it. Uh, And then the uh, Nationals, which uh, was changed to the Strasburgs, with their logo, which is very sad. By the way, we'll get to that later when we talk about baseball. Yeah. Um, And the Mets was a uh, the the Mets logo had been changed. It still said New York Mets, but it was the Knicks logo. And it's a New York Mets, but with the Knicks logo, and I just thought that was freaking brilliant, clever. Yeah, because you could make a really good. We could have a really good debate about which team is worse. Maybe we'll do that one day. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. That'll be upon our own time. Yeah, that'll be when Doctor Iray has one of his medical meetings, <laughs> and he can't work that night, and uh, he can't do the show, and we'll do two and a half hours on. Uh, on, on the problems of the Mets, he'll never know. He'll, ne- he'll never know. Um, but, but like you said, the calendar's turning to September, and that means it's Yankee time. This is the, this is the time of the season where here, here in New York, I got that straight, it is Yankee time. I know one thing it's not. All right, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done no, with it. We're going to get to them. I'm done with it. Let's talk Yankees. Let's talk Yankees. Uh, first and foremost, the Yankees up 9-2 to two in the uh, seventh inning tonight, uh, so laying the, laying the wood down on the A's. Uh, Cal, they've been banged up. They've been, uh, you know, kind of spotting guys in and out of the rotation. Andy Pettit's been hurt. Javi Lopez, uh, Javi Lopez. Javi Vasquez has been moved out of the rotation. He's now pitching very well in long relief. AJ Burnett has been abysmal. They've plugged in Ivan Nova. Great baseball name. Mm -hmm. We'll say it again. Uh, and Dustin Mosley. By the way, that's another great baseball name. (laughs) SNK baseball stars, like, made-up names, definitely. Like, Ivan Nova is definitely a name I used in SNK baseball stars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but they plug plugged these two guys in quite successfully into the rotation. Nova's given them some quality, uh, two-quality starts. Dustin Mosley got knocked around yesterday, but Javi Vasquez picked him up and got the win. Cal, they're winning. Everybody's, you know, waiting for this oncoming storm, and somehow they have 81 wins. <laughs> on their way to 82 tonight, uh, and yet they're still tied with the Rays for first place. This is a remarkable race we have developing, and we talked about the idea that the Rays come to town to play the Yankees September 20th through 24th for a four-game set at the new Yankee Stadium. But Cal, every day, that becomes a bigger and cooler series, I think. Oh, yeah, and, and I heard a stat today, and I actually heard it twice. I'm not sure what the accurate stat is doctor Eway, but the Yankees and Rays have been tied for first for either the last seven or eight. Eight. It, it eight, was right? eight. Yeah. I heard seven and eight. It's eight days. It's the latest in a season that two teams have been tied for first for that long a period of time. Yeah. It's never happened. Ever. Yep. It's never happened. That's crazy. I mean, it's just that these two teams go back and forth with each other. And we talked about this, Cal, too, and, and I want to get back into this a little bit tonight because, um, you know, we went, we went back and forth with this idea of the wild card. I think that's the theme of the show. I think we're changing playoffs. We're changing playoff system tonight. All around? Let's do that. Let's just have fun with it. Okay. We're changing it because we've wanted to change and address the playoff system in baseball with this idea that the wild card can come out of the same division as a division winner, and when you're that far ahead as the the Rays and the Yankees are on the Red Sox, or the next closest wild card contender, what difference does it make who wins the division? Right. Well, that's the thing. And I believe it makes a, a huge difference this year. And we've talked about this. We've debated it all season. What What is the difference? I think it makes a huge difference when you look at the two other teams that are going to be in the playoffs this year, especially Texas. You know, you do not want to be the road team going into Texas. I still think it does not bother the Rays. Or maybe the Rays. I don't think the, the Rays are going to want to be playing in front of 15,000 as it is. I know. That's true. Did you see the attendance yesterday for the Mets Atlanta game, by the way? Uh, was it like 19,000? 19, 19,000. Wow. That's a come first place on. Team. It's a first place team on August 30th. Look, I don't mean to go off on a rant here. <laughs> I don't mean to go all Dennis Miller on you. It's like in 1993. But, I mean, are you serious? There are baseball fans starving in Kansas City. Okay, and that would do anything for a first place team. Anything? There's baseball fans starving in this room right now. <laughs> I didn't even want to say that. The Pittsburgh Pirates haven't had a winning season in 19 years. What do you think they would give to have a first place team on September thir- or August 31st? Well, the fans would would love it. The owners, not so much. They're making money still. Yeah, I know they're pocketing the money. I mean, and, and we could talk about that, but I'm just saying. Come on! I know. that is. it There are fans starving throughout the... Every Atlanta Braves fan should feel badly. Look around. There are fans starving. I don't think they do. You're not going to finish what's on your plate? There are fans starving. They might need Sally Struthers to uh, right. come to town. And... You know what? The, the, the Kansas City Royals may need that. <laughs> you can adopt a Royal. If <laughs> a Braves fan can adopt a Royal. fan. Right. They send you a picture... I just, I just, that that just drove me absolutely uh, bonkers. But anyway, back to the Yankees and the Rays and changing the playoff system. Cal, I I don't think the Rays are bothered by the idea of going on the road. I don't think the Rays, but I, as we said the other day, I think it means somewhat more to the Rays to win the division. I don't know. I keep going back and forth on this. I think it's important to win the division. For the Rays. For both teams. I see. I think that, I, Strike what I said. Reverse it. I'm going walk on you. Okay, but I think it's more important for the Yankees to win the division because they're the Yankees. The Rays just want to get back to the playoffs. They went to the World Series a couple of years ago. They, you know, they know that once they get in the playoffs, they're a great world team. The Yankees are expected to win the division. They're the Yankees. I agree with that. I think that both teams want to win the division. I think it's more important to the Yankees to win the division, but that being said, can I, I can do that, right? That's yes. <laughs> you can steal my line. I'm authorized. Um, <laughs> that being said, yes. the Rays are not going to not try to win the division. I don't think. Okay, that's fair. If they're put in a position to make a choice between winning the division or resting somebody late in the season, they're going to try to win the division. Is that fair? Or you're not so sure about that? It, it, at what a cost, man! At what cost? Well, I mean, at getting David Price
4: no. some rest. No,
1: well, yeah, they.
4: I don't think. At getting their that.
1: young pitcher, even Matt Garza, getting Matt Garza a start or two off. I mean, can't you see them, you know, shutting down Price the last no. two weeks of this? You can't. No, I can't see them shutting him down. They got a seven-game lead. You know, or shutting a, him down. They gotta get not shutting him down, but maybe skipping a star sure. or that. Yeah. But they wouldn't do that if there was a race. It's not really a pennant race, though. It's not. That's my problem. I know, and I, I agree with you. It, it, it really takes some of the juice out of it, but I just I disagree with the fact that they're both not going to do whatever they need to do to win the division. All right. See, I think the Rays will back off it a little bit if they get the opportunity to. I th- and, and, of course, nobody's had the opportunity to because of the crazy-go-nuts Red Sox. Well... I mean, I know, they, I know they lost two out of three over the weekend to the Rays and stuff, and they're fading a little bit, but the, the fact that that team was 19 games over 500 this late in the season is absolutely ludicrous. It's crazy. I, I, it's beyond crazy. It's ludicrous. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. They're it's, losing to tonight. Three to two to Baltimore. It's Chris Ludicrous. Uh, what's his last name? Oh, man. What's Ludicrous' last name? Dr. Eway, where are you? I wish I knew that. I, I'm sure Dr. E did not see that one coming. He probably did not have in his pre-show notes. But I would ask what Ludacris' real name is. It's Chris something. I know that it is Chris something. Anyway, they are Chris something. Right, that team. You guys are talking
3: about. Are you guys talking about Christopher Brian Bridges?
1: That's, That's correct, <laughs> Chris. That's what we're going to call the Red Sox from now on. Christopher Brian Bridges. Because I'm
3: always ready for. I'm always ready for a ludicrous reference.
1: <laughs> he he is just the best. Cal, he's the best. He is the best. And I guarantee he did not have that in the pre-show notes. I'm sure he did. Because you know Dr. E. he does not go to the bathroom without pre-bathroom notes. He's a very prepared young man. He's thorough. He's got a plan. You can't can't knock him. They are Chris uh, Lloyd Bridges. What are they? (laughs) Chris Benson Bridges? (laughs) Vernon Bridges? Benson Dubois Bridges? No, listen... Boston, I think, that loss on Sunday night to Tampa Bay, they were winning that game. They blew it. I think that that's going to be the beginning of the end for the Red Sox. A crusher, yeah. I think, I think so. They're losing to Baltimore tonight. And just 30 seconds on Baltimore, how about Buck Showalter? How about Buck Showalter? How about turning around the Orioles? Turning around the Orioles already. Yeah. You know? He's going to make the AL East even more interesting. If he can turn that team around. And Baltimore is dying to fire him because you know what happens when they fire, when Buck Showalter gets fired, the team makes the playoffs. (laughs) The team makes the playoffs for next year. Uh, right now tonight, uh, you know. I know they're 33 out, but yeah, that's a little bit. You know, but they're playing good baseball. At least they're representative under Buck. Much more, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but Boston is losing tonight. Toronto is killing Tampa Bay 13-3, so the Yankees should have solo possession back of first place for the first time in almost ten days. Uh not even almost ten days. Um <laughs> ten days. But um, you know, I I don't I don't think it's I think if they come into that series on the twentieth within a game or two of each other, then you're gonna have it. You're gonna have what you're asking for, Cal. You're gonna have the full Monty. I mean, not, they make, not naked guys running around the field. But you're, you're, you're going to have like a pennant race kind of feel. If, okay. if Tampa Bay comes into that series four games out, I don't see them busting their hump. Not well, yeah. And they're, and, but, they're, but they're eight, nine games up in the wild card on, on Boston. It's
2: going to lose some juice,
1: definitely. Yeah, they're not going to be busting their hump. And, and this is a good opportunity for the Yankees. Look, we, we talked about this with the Yankees as far as their injuries, their rotation, and yet, as we just said, they're, they're about to win their 82nd game. But, Cal, they got to get well, right? Aaron's out of the lineup. Okay, he's been on the DL for a while with the groin. Uh, you know, uh, Pettit, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with him and, and and his comeback. They're talking about maybe mid-September where he can enter, re-enter the rotation. They need Andy Pettit back in that rotation. Yeah, they do, but you think about it. They're going to put him back in the rotation mid-September? That's kind of late to be reinserting a 38-year-old pitcher. Right, gives him, what, two, three starts to maybe. maybe tune up, but he's Andy Pettit. And, and somebody was saying on the radio yesterday, the way that the, the starts fall, both of those starts are going to be against Boston and Tampa Bay. Right. So it's not, you know, you're not throwing them in there against the Kansas City or, right. uh, or Seattle. Be, they could be high-pressure starts. Yeah. It, potentially. But you're right, they do need them. But, well, uh, you know, you have people talking about Ivanova being the second starter in a playoff series. Now, Phil Hughes pitched tonight. Didn't he win the U.S. Open? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should have. Helena Ivanova. Helena Ivanova. it
2: has got to be somebody. Ivan
1: Drago over there. Ivan Lendl. Ivan Nova. Um, what do you call it? They, they, the, the, the thing with the Yankees, Cal, as far as that rotation, there's people talking about Ivan Nova being the second star. Now, Hughes pitched tonight, and he was not great. He's had an interesting August where he's kind of not really giving them a lot of length, five innings, six innings here, but he's gotten a couple of wins. He's pitched well. Tonight, he did not have very good control at all. I believe he had five or six walks. Um, So, uh, yeah, five innings, two earned runs, five walks. So, And and they scored a boatload of runs for him again, which seems to be Hughes' equation in August. Um, CeCe Sabathia has been brilliant. He has. Okay. How do you see this rotation sort of working, its, uh, working itself out over the next, you know, in the month of September? Well, you know, you got to be nervous if you're a Yankee fan. you got to be nervous by the rotation. Sadatheer, it's, it's you don't worry about. I don't even think you worry too much about Hughes. And, again, I'm, I'm speaking for Yankee fans. Yankee fans might feel differently. But I don't think you're that nervous about Hughes. I think Hughes is going to be solid. He might not give you length, but he'll give you six innings at least. So you're saying right now in a playoff rotation, game two of the playoffs, right now, Phil Hughes has got a pitch. I think it's Andy Pettit. Right now, I mean. Oh, uh, if it was tomorrow. I got you. If Pettit's not there. Okay. You got, you know, be Oh, it's got to be Phil Hughes. Are you going to throw Dustin Mosley out there? Nova. They love Nova. I know they do. Going
2: crazy with the Nova. Maybe
1: he's, maybe he's Java part two. He could be. Maybe he's Java. Jo- now the bullpen, speaking of Java, the bullpen seems to be in order. A little bit, you know, the bullpen seems to really have righted itself. That's the, to me, that's like the only thing that's really seemed to right itself of late. Absolutely, um, and I, I really think bringing Kerry Wood in has you know, really it wasn't, wasn't that touted a move, but I think it's done a lot to stabilize that bullpen. He's been pretty good. Yeah, and he's been, and he, you know, he's a, he's a veteran now, <laughs> Kerry Wood. Believe it or not, it's still hard to believe. Yeah, uh, and and he had some interesting. Did you see what he said about Strasburg? No. Oh, he had some interesting comments because they asked him about Strasburg and of course the great, uh, Washington rookie, uh, the phenom, uh, requiring Tommy John surgery. So they asked Kerry Wood, who knows a thing or two about being a phenom and requiring Tommy John surgery, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he said, you know, it depends on how you come back from it. You gotta work and you can't feel sorry for yourself, but you come back from it. He's like, I pitched a year to the day that I had the surgery a year later. Now, of course, Kerry Wood has never been the same pitcher. Never been the same pitcher no. since he had that surgery. And you don't want, you almost were like, I was almost like, Strasburg, don't listen! Don't listen to Kerry Wood! It's the opposite of what he says. This went all wrong for him, baby! <laughs> do it, do it! But, you know, Kerry Wood did say, you gotta work, you can't look at it as a, uh, as a why, woe is me kind of situation. Right. But, um yes, I think, uh, I think that it is, uh, or was a very good move, you know, not a highly touted. But see, this is what the Yankees do, though, Cal. This is one of the, we say that a lot. This is one of the many things that the Yankees do. Now they made three deadline big kind of moves. Lance Berkman, who went on the DL almost immediately. Yeah. Okay. Fulfilling his dream to always be a Yankee, <laughs> despite not, the fact that he's from Texas and is playing for his hometown team. I'm surprised he didn't. He wasn't dying to play for Detroit. That's correct. Johnny Damon. Because who wouldn't want to play in Detroit right now? Dream to play for Detroit. You could buy the the Silver Dome for like three hundred (laughs) thousand dollars. Um. Then they they went out and got Austin Kearns, which we said at the time was a great move. Uh huh. Because he's an excellent fourth outfielder. Yep. Um. And he has been really good for them. And they got Kerry Wood. So these are three moves that the Yankees made. That just oh that's all we're doing yeah. You know. Meanwhile, that's a lot of salary to take on. Who cares? And, you know, to get three veterans, if one of the three helps you, you're ahead of the game. Right. And they, you know, they termed them as maintenance moves. These were just maintenance moves. That's right. You know, any other team, this would be like a blockbuster thing. Legendary. 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 For, them, for the Yankees, yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to tweak a little bit and bring in Kerry Wood. <laughs> right. We're just, gonna, we're just going to kick the tires on Lance Berkman. Unbelievable. And unfortunately, when they kicked the tires on Lance Berkman, he collapsed. <laughs> yeah, the wheels fell off. Uh, now, uh, Dr. Ewe is sending us a couple of very interesting things. Ivan Nova, <laughs> Ivan Nova, can we call him Ivan? Let's go, Ivan. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, Ivan Nova is denying the charge that he ever injected B12, the B12 vitamin, uh, which it, it's rumored that he did, while reports surfaced that he and Wilkin De La Rosa pumped the substance into their veins. Ivan denied the allegations, reported as uh, by the New York Post. I didn't use it. Wait, we got to do that in a Russian accent.
0: I didn't use it. I
1: didn't use it. No comment. I was surprised. Um, we don't want to give the impression that Ivan Novus is at all Russian. But anybody named Ivan on this show will forever be compared to Ivan Drago. <laughs> but um, so there's that kind of rumor swirling around this kid who's been brilliant at AAA and is really common, as we said before, given that the, uh, the rotation is shot in the arm. Uh, 424, I'll try that again. 424. Two two zero, one eight one seven. The ready to unload hotline. The number to call. Talk Yankees. Talk baseball. Uh, we're going to move to the mess in a couple of minutes. But a couple last things on the Yanks, Gal. I like what you did there by the uh, the shot in the arm with Ivan. Yeah. Did you job. see what I did there? Yeah. I like that. God. Shot in the arm. Yeah, big time. I didn't even realize I did that, but <laughs> that is a terrible job by me. We're not accusing anybody of <laughs> <in> anything. <laughs> Figure of speech. Um, now, the, the last thing with the Yankees that we should, uh, we would be, uh, remiss if we did not report is A-Rod is the A-Rod. The A-Rod. He's, he's like the Ohio State. Yes. The A-Rod. Uh, is due back in the lineup for the Yankees this weekend. Uh, hit off a tee, throwing the ball, uh, his groin is, I, I just gotta say this. I just gotta tell a little story. Uh, just with groin injuries. Oh, so I'm reading in the paper the other day yeah. that um, I can't remember who the player was. He was a football player. And it was like in the little bits, you know, like the little uh, sports sports bits in the Daily News or whatever, where you're going around the sports and brief kind of thing. Okay. Right? And it, it was, the line was, uh, he had an MRI on his groin and nothing significant was found. Oh, boy. And I just found that so freaking uh, amusing. I don't know why. <laughs> like, and I just had like a vision in my head of like a sad face. Like him like, wah, wah. <laughs> we can trim back up your groin. Nothing significant there. <laughs> wah, wah. Scream, scream. Uh. Yeah. Like it was just worded so poorly that if right. I was that player, I would demand a retraction. <laughs> well, it was the New York Post. So... I would demand them to say something awfully significant was found there, my friend, and magnificent. MRIs <laughs> revealed nothing significant. And nothing to write home about. <laughs> you should be embarrassed with that MRI. I'm sorry, I just I've been waiting three days to say that on the air. Anyway, uh, Hey,
3: peace hey, did uh did Madonna
1: read that report? That's right. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly what I was feeling. At the time as I was reading it, I was like, did his wife read this and be like, you take that back? Uh, anyway. I heard she was a guest columnist that day. She she wrote the report. She's done that for the Post, hasn't she? Yes. Like, they've had idiotic things like that in the New York Post. She also performs MRIs. She has a machine in her house on A-Rod. Oh, boy. or Strawberry Hernandez, which we're we're so uncool that we're like three women later in our reference. He hasn't been with Madonna in years. That's right. We might as well just bring up like a Madonna-Jose Canseco rumor while we're at it because we're just so on top of who A-Rod is is currently uh, enjoying.
0: Okay, let's
1: Uh, move around baseball. Let's move around. (laughs) Dr. Iray is telling us, our producer, Dr. Ira Stat, is telling us to move around baseball. And here's where I want to go first, Cal, to Colorado,
2: to the Rockies.
1: Well, it's their time of year. I don't know why I felt the need to say that like Harry Carey, but let's go to Colorado. Hi. Hi. How come the Rockies are doing this? And they're the fastball off Sandberg Hetty Hey. <laughs> anyway. No, seriously, Cal, the Rockies. Uh, WTF? I, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. Right Now, why are there certain teams – now, the Astros were like this, right, for what, like four or five years? Quite some time. Yeah, where the Astros had this ridiculous – like, they'd start off 21 and 35, and then they'd rattle off 71 and 50. Right. You know, where they have these ridiculous runs, and we saw the Rockies make a legendary uh, – actually – and historic run a couple of years ago. Well, what was it, 21 out of 22? 21 out of 22, and I think 26 out of their last 29, or something ridiculous to close the season. Right now, someone on the mess is listening and saying, so you're saying there's, there's a chance. chance. And we're going to say, absolutely not. But why do you think, though, that certain teams, especially in the last 10 years, and I guess this has been going on in baseball forever, but... Certain teams have that propensity or that ability to just get silly red hot, and, and, and you know down the stretch in the penal. race. And as we said, the, the Astros did it for years. It's a weird phenomenon, though, because when you think about it, the players change, especially these days. Team, teams change so much, and players change teams so much that you're not looking at the same group that made this run two years ago. So what's you know what's the uh, what's the X factor here? Is the management right? You know, and I believe it's a culture that's instilled in the organization from the top. Bingo, bango. Right? We, need a, we need a ding, ding, ding sound. Go that ahead. Way. Expound on that. that you, you hit on the key word that I wanted to get to, and it's culture. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a culture that exists right now for the Phillies who no matter if they're game up on the wild card, game out of the wild card, three games back, they know they're making the playoffs. They're never out of it. That team knows they're making the playoffs. They have lost Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Brad Lidge, Ryan Madsen. Uh, they traded Jay Ibanez. up. Banez. They've lost half their team to injuries, and they are a game in front in the wild card. Mm-hmm. And, and they just know they're making the playoffs. It's amazing. It's even, even you look at Boston, too. Boston's the same, same thing. They lost all their players, and they were, you know, they're still technically in it. Right. But up until this weekend, they were a big factor in this, in this race. They were four and a half going into this weekend. Right. Four and a half out of the wild card yeah. with, with no Euclid. No anybody. No everybody. You know, you look at it. And, but but not, it's a culture, it's an ex- expectation of winning. Right. It's not just the teams that make this late season run. You look at a team like Minnesota. Every single year, Minnesota is there. The players change. You know, Johan Santana is going to be kicking himself. Yeah. that he came here. Worked out well. You know? Now they got a new ballpark. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Morneau, MVP candidate, halfway yep. through the season. He hasn't even played since July. Play with the Kentucky. They're in first place. Yep. Management sets the tone for the team. I'm right. not talking about the man, Not just the manager of the right. team. I'm talking about ownership and the entire organization. Totally, and 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 you know what's interesting? You, we were talking about those Astros teams that always used to make a run. We were talking about management. You're talking about a culture, but they change managers a bunch of times. Well, and and Dr. Rue is reminding us that Jim Tracy is the manager now for Colorado. Clint Hurdle was the manager in 2007. Yep. Yep. And and, and Jim Tracy has done this with this team. Uh, they they got hot last year towards the end and barely missed out on the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, the or did they make the playoffs last year? Last year they made the playoffs. They were the wild card last year, right? Yeah. The uh, the thing with the Astros, or, though, as I was saying, like they jettisoned the manager a couple times
2: in these runs.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's the the owner, Drake McClain, is, is a nut who comes into the locker room when they're 20 games out and is like, "We got this." Right. But you, you know, a consistency there, though, Cal, Biggio, Bagwell. Sure. There was two guys always there to end. They had pitching. But, you know, they made those runs. Clemens was there. Pettit was there. Uh, Oswald. Oswald was there. Uh, you know, uh, Berkman, you know, in his prime and stuff. It was a dream. The dream has come true for Lance. Um, but, they, you know, you had the consistency of those guys in the locker room saying, hey, you know what, we're 10 games back at the no problem. We right. got, we can do this. Right. And I think that exists in Colorado in a guy like, you know, you you, you got to point to who's been there. Well, Todd Helton. Todd Helton, sure. Exactly, you know, and, and they start to believe, Todd Helton starts to say, we can do this. We did it a couple of years ago. Right. And I don't want to tie it all into the Mets, <laughs> but we will. But before we, before we do that, let's stay in the division real quick and talk about San Diego. Well, yeah, here's another example, and, and this ties in beautifully, Cal. Do you think they know how to win this division? I think that they, they don't know any better. And they're just playing. I disagree. I think they're looking in their re- rearview mirror right now and seeing Colorado. They're five back. They've won seven out of ten. They have a series, I believe, coming up against the Padres over the weekend. Uh, well, they... The Giants are in there too. The Giants, are... but the Giants don't know how to win either. They don't know how to win, but they got pitching. How good has that pitching been, though? Really? Yeah, but enough I... enough now with the pitching. Uh, I... Let 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 <laughs> really? Let the freak cut his hair. Well, you yeah. that's enough now. I don't want to see him. I don't actually a... care about his hair. But he's had five or six straight bad outings. But I don't want to see him in a key game in September. No, you, go, you, go into, you go into a game against the Giants, and you think, ah, it's Lincecum. He hasn't been that good. Well, no, I'm not I worried. I don't think you're ever going to take him lightly. Well, but I, I, he doesn't scare me. Let me. I want to, Kane doesn't scare me. I want to read you the San Diego lineup. Yeah, please do. Because I... I was looking at the box score the other day, and I thought I was reading like a witness protection <laughs> list. <laughs> This is like, you know, Eckstein, Tejada, Gonzalez, Ludwig, Headley, Venable, Ven- Venable, I believe. Max, ben- that Max ben- Venable. Max Venable. Donorfia, Hunley, the pitcher, whoever the pitcher is that day. That's- okay, now, two things jump right out at, jumped out at me when I looked at that box score yesterday. A, who are these freaking guys? <laughs> but B, two of the biggest guys in that lineup, Miguel Tejada... And Ryan Lubrick, were not there to start the season. No. No. So so this team, and they're, they're recent additions, mm-hmm. meaning this team somehow won like 60 games without their number two and number four hitters. With Tony Gwynn Jr. playing. <laughs> right, their number two and four hitters, exactly. Two and four. Exactly. So somewhat right. significant. A little bit. So for, for, for 65% of the season. The key with San Diego They've had just enough offense to get by. Just enough. Yeah. It's their bullpen. That bullpen, their bullpen has been magnificent. Unbelievable. Yes. unbelievable. Yes. He fell. Who, by the way, no one likes to stick it more to the mess than he fell. Oh my god, he's me. His whole career is based on that. Is there, a, I mean, honestly, is there a guy who likes to stick it to the mess more than he fell? No. I can't think of one. I can't, right now. He, I mean, he, I think he would physically like to take a ball. <laughs> And put it in the bowels of City Field. He might. He uh, might have. Mike Adams has yep. been unbelievable. Yeah. They got the other kid there. Uh, I got him on one of my fantasy teams. I know. I He's can't a set up guy. Yeah. What's his name? I'm, I'm blank. See, this okay. is, here's the point. I'm illustrating pro- I'm illustrating the, <laughs> point of the San Diego Padres. <laughs> so I can think of the names of these guys. Yeah. Well, their staff has is, is been Garland, uh, Latos, LeBlanc,
0: Save LeBlanc, uh, uh,
1: Clayton Richards. Uh, That's their staff. That's their staff. That's their starting...
0: It's unbelievable.
1: Who is that guy? Who is that other... Yes. Oh, my goodness. I picked him up on one in my other fantasy league, and I can't think of his name. Kevin Correa is (laughs) in the... Kevin Correa! What is happening? Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy. Done... uh, No, it's Bud Black. Oh, Bud Black in San Diego. Yeah, Bud Black. Bruce Bochy's in San Francisco. Bruce Bochy's in San Francisco. Bud Black, got to be manager of the year. Uh, yeah. They, they've won 72 games. Who are these guys? Never heard of them. In Cincinnati. You just went through that lineup. It sounded like the beginning of Major League. <laughs> like when, when the guy who would later go on to be on Scrubs, by the way, as janitor, is reading through the uh, list so of that players. That him? Yeah. Neil Flynn. Neil Flynn. How do you like that? He, he's the guy who says, who are these Yes, sleeping guys? Right. That's Neil Flynn. But he's reading down the list, right? And he's like, Johnson. I've never even heard of it. Who are these guys? (laughs) That's what the San Diego Headley? Venable? Venable? Mauve, Throneberry? (laughs) And, And real quick on Cincinnati. Cincinnati is six games up. Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds, six games up. Wow. That's unbelievable. On St. Louis. And you want to talk about a team, St. Louis has, you know, pool holes, holiday the, the team with, with all the names, and then there's Cincinnati. How is Cincinnati doing this? How is Cincinnati, besides Joey Votto, obviously, who's the MVP? Hands down. Right. wasn't even going to make the All-Star team. He the MVP. Oh, no, yeah,
2: that was a good good call.
1: <laughs> that worked out well. Um, that was a Charlie Manuel. That was a good call. Yeah, Charlie Manuel, right. Right. Yeah, Gonna so, leave I'm him like, off the team. Yeah. He's not that good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's not that good. I know what I saw. But let's put, you know, uh, what's his name? The kid from, uh, uh, the Braves there. Martin Prado. Martin Prado. And his, uh, four home runs and, uh, 26 RBIs. Let's put him on the All-Star team. I don't think it was Prado. Was it Prado or Infante? Or Infante. That's right. Omar Infante. Infante. Yeah. Yeah, let's put him on that. Let's put him on that team. Dr. are screaming at me, Infante.
2: So you got some fresh new things. What font size is
1: that? 46? He's 52? <laughs> Go easy. You're gonna break the screen. He's created a new font called <laughs> Infante. <laughs> Just, just for this. Oh, doesn't that sound like a Mitsubishi An Infante? The Infante. Yeah, I got a new, I got a new car. The Mitsubishi Infante. It's very fast, but not a lot of power. <laughs> not a lot of power. Moving on. No, the the Reds have done the Reds have done it. You know. Uh, Bronson Arroyo. Uh, you look at that rotation. If you read through that rotation, you're like, who Again, are these guys? It's, right. a, it's a major league rotation. Yep, major league the movie, not major league uh, worthy. It's just it's just refreshing to see some new teams. You got San Diego. You've got Cincinnati over in the American yep. League. You got Texas is is uh, fighting for a playoff spot. Tampa Bay. Yep, not really new because they were in it two years ago. But you don't see them every year. Yep, it's just it's made for fun. You, you may see the Red Sox out. You may see uh, you know you see an Atlanta back. And and been it's been four years since Jordan has sure. been there. No more St. Louis. Right? Yep. No way with St. Louis. Uh, uh, the Dodgers. No yep. to be found. So it's interesting. It's nice to have the new teams. It, it is. And you know what? At the end of the day, I can always, I, I somehow kind of like the Rockies. Hard not to. I did or I admit it. It's hard not I to. I kind of like the Rockies. Nobody ever even remembers they're in the league until August. <laughs> That's right. You know? If, you, if someone asks you to name the teams in the National League, I guarantee you the Rockies would come and would be the last team in name. You think? I think so. They got uniforms and everything. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen, the number to call here on Radio and Load with Callan and and Doctor E. Ray Stat. It is approaching the ten o'clock hour. And I think we have done a, a fine job talking about the baseball. We'd love to talk to you. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're waiting, just waiting for us to talk about the NFL uh well now is your time we want to uh and Rick Rick from PA one of our faithful listeners is checking in on the chat room of our oh, blog yeah, talk radio yeah. you like, can we should talk about that cal we should because we're we're new to blog talk radio we've been doing our show for about 8 months on our website www.rtusports.com right and you can still go there and you should go there during the week check out our blog unloads uh we're doing a lot more blogging now which is cool um, you know, we have our Twitter spot and all that kind of jazz. And you can listen to the show right from rtusports.com. Mm-hmm. But now we're on Blog Talk Radio, uh, and we're loving it on WBTR. We're loving it. And you can be in a chat room during the show with Dr. E-Ray. Right. So if you, if you, you don't feel like calling, you don't want to talk to us, but you want to talk to Dr. E-Ray, send, you know, send him a little chat. Yeah. Send him a little yeah. Go to, go to uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash rtu-sports. Is that it? That is it. That's it. Yeah, that's our spot. And then you, you'll be listening to the show. Exactly. And chat room, Dr. E-Ray, chatting. Chatting it up. You could, you could listen to, to us. Dr.
2: E-Ray's dad. Well, that's good. <laughs>
1: like this. Talking about sports now. Why, why is that, why is that sketch still so freaking funny it's to hysteric. me? I don't know. Is it Timberlake? It's Timberlake. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Timberlake. It's gotta be. Doctor Ray, if you get a chance, punch get that get get a copy of that and put that in the file thing. I want to play that. Well, anyway, <laughs> I do not mean to dismiss you, but no, you did. No, it's fine. But we'll we'll, we'll play that. <laughs> I'm getting to it. We'll play that every time we mention the chat room. Right. In the, yeah, the Dr. in e. chat room or whatever we want to call it. So anyway, what I was saying before we got off onto our tangent, Rick from PA, he's one of our faithful listeners, called, get a lot of calls from Rick, big sports fan, contributing to the show. He reminds us that the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, scored the most runs in Major League Baseball just behind the Yankees and the Red Sox, Cincinnati number three in all of baseball. Well, And they got the ballpark for it, too. They sure do. I mean, it is. They have. They have a very, very solid lineup. Mm -hmm. They got an MVP candidate in Votto. They have a secondarily quiet MVP guy in Brandon Phillips, right, Right. who nobody ever talks about. No. And and is is just a magnificent player. I mean, he's just a magnificent offensive player. Not to mention he kills you with the glove every time he plays the Mets. (laughs) Finds a way to like hit a two-run triple and also make a diving stop up the middle. But Brandon Phillips is an excellent offensive player. And then you get, you're, you're starting to get contributions out of the Bryce, uh, the, uh, uh Bruce kid. Jay Bruce had three, home runs, hit three home runs the other yep. day. He was, you know, he was supposed to be the second coming, a big kind of phenom. Mm-hmm. He's like relaxed into that lineup a little bit. Vado's taking a lot of pressure off Jay Bruce. Scott Rowland providing a veteran run. presence. Yep, absolutely. I mean, great veteran presence. And, uh, supposedly Rowland having the time of his life, completely revitalized there in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And it's a small ballpark. and It means the hitter's ballpark, you know. So they're going to score a lot of runs. They have a very good offense, right. and the pitching's done just enough. You know who doesn't have a good offense? It's the Mets. No, no, they don't. And and we it, the want mm-hmm. to touch on them real quick. Yeah, we, we we have two things to mention. There were two things that and then will the football. Yeah, that came down the pike. Uh, wow, well, uh, on Mets blog, Matt Cerrone's Mets blog, uh, which uh, Metsblog.com, which Brian and I. Uh, read uh, pretty religiously, even when they stink on ice, about a hundred times a day. Yeah, you're always checking it. Matt Saron does a, a magnificent job with we him, like blog. him. Too. We like to put him on the list, <laughs> uh, and he's also kind of sponsored by SNY and does stuff for SNY, which is great because you you sometimes get a player's perspective on blogging. Anyway, so Saron uh, throws up this idea that Gammons was on the fan WFAN here in New York. Yes, talking about the next Met manager is. Cal, well, Peter Gammons believes it's going to be Bobby Valentine. Peter, he, Strongly. Strongly. And if we can, uh, I, uh, let me try to find that quote, or maybe Dr. Urey can find that quote. Dr. Uri, go to methblog.com if you can, or you, if you're too busy in your chat room, because <laughs> I know that's a lot of work. But anyway, uh, you know, Gammons was saying essentially it makes sense. He's worked with Omar Minaya before. If they're going to keep Omar, Omar Minaya in the general manager spot, uh, Valentine and Maniah work very well. Right. And Wilpon, while they clashed at times or whatever, uh, he and Bobby Valentine, there is a mutual respect. And the Wilpons, and this was particularly intriguing to me, Cal, the Wilpons are, uh, Gammon said, will listen to Bobby Valentine. That's important. That's huge. They need someone to listen to. Let me just say this, uh, ask you this, Cal. Bobby V, back, fake mustaches. Good times to be had. The man invented the game of baseball. You sign for it right now. I signed for that yesterday. I want I want Bobby Valentine back more than anything. Yeah, the mustache was just you know tremendous. Surely you're not talking about free mustache, right? No, no, no. Um, not yet another S N L makes its way into our thing. You'd say so. You'd absolutely sign absolutely. for Absolutely. Now here's the thing. If Peter Gammons feels strongly about this, it'll never happen. I think uh, Peter Gammons has, has proven since he left ESPN, he's he's pretty out of touch with what's going on in Major League Baseball. Now, Peter Gammons he works for MLB. Peter Gammons used to be the authority. If, if Gammons said something, you would just go to the bank and, and sign up for it right then and well, there. You are throwing Gammons right under the bus. I got two words for you: Bay route. So, so he Jason was wrong, you know that the, the whole Red Sox thing was coloring his thinking Jason there. Jason Bay would rather play in Beirut. Well, how has that gone for the Metropolitans? I suppose they have no actual offenses <laughs> in Beirut. <laughs> he probably would have hit 10 home runs playing in Beirut this year. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I, and for the, for, the, for the sheer fact, forget about Gammons, I'm you know, just... Busking his chops. But, so we don't like him? Is he off the list? Yeah, I like him. You see, he's just kind of like, like a mad professor now at this point. He's just I mean, throwing spaghetti like, at the wall. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, the, the, the simple reason is that why are the Mets going to pay Bobby Valentine the money that he's certainly going to command? God, they've got to do something. Yeah, but if they're not, not going to spend any money next year, but they're not going to spend any money on the team, I could see them. So don't forget, they don't have to pay Manuel. His contract is expiring. It's, it's the first time in years where they will not be paying a manager, whether he's working for them or not. Are they going to pay him $5 million, Bobby Valentine? Why not? They're not going to pay Cliff Lee that money. They're not going to give Cliff Lee the money. They're not going to, you know. They are going to pay uh, Luis Castillo that money. Though. That's correct. But, no, I, I'm, I, I could see them spending $5 million on Bobby V to, to placate their fan base Quicker than I can see them showing out $20 million for Cliff Lee, which is where the money should go. But not as quick as I could see them spending peanuts on Wally Backman, which would also play the the fan base. I, 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 I don't think, if you put the two guys together, Cal, it's not, it's not even,
2: you know, they're not even in the same room.
1: Right. Yeah. So you're just gonna sell Wally Backman on the fact that he's an ex met you know, that he's the, the 86 med and that he's fiery? The bottom line here... That's not going to be enough to get it done, Cal. And we can't we can't spend too much time on the Mets here, but the bottom line, my last thought on this, is it's the Whirlpons. When have they ever proven that they're going to do the right thing? Uh, they have a lovely charitable organization. Yes, they do. Right but, now, for they, the uh, veterans. They do. When veterans come home. Yeah. But my point is, um, I, I don't trust that they would do... Bobby Valentine would be the right move for this franchise, would change... Here's your word, culture. Mm-hmm. Change the culture yes, around. That's what we wanted to swing it back. And that's about. what they need to do. I don't see it happening, and I think we'll be disappointed. All right, Peter Gammons would disagree, my friend. Peter Gammons would disagree. And one other thing, yes. just a quote from Omar Manaya, Yes. Omar Manaya was in it. Was in a uh, there was a USA Today article about the Mets and Omar Minaya. I guess last week when when the Mets were home, it was during that the, the game uh, where the Mets gave up seven runs in that one inning. Right. I just I, right now I'm blanking on the team that they played. Marlins. The Marlins, of course. And uh, it was
2: during that week they they Good wrote times.
1: they wrote a report. They did a report on on Omar Minaya. And one of the quotes that Omar Minaya had in that article was um was that they can never rebuild in New York essentially. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but uh, basically he said New York is not a market where you can go young. Right. In other words he believes that the New York market doesn't have the patience for a rebuilding franchise. You always have to go out and get players to replace other players. You can't rebuild from within. New York is not a market, Steve, where you can go well. So what your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so what's he doing right now? Well, he has no choice at all. You know, I see, but, I see. He, but he, he will, he would never consciously uh, make a plan to rebuild. And throw away a year or two. If that's the case, why did he not, uh, trade, uh, these, these vaunted young prospects at the trade deadline for a Roy Oswald, for a Cliff Lee? This is, I, this cuts to the core of the problem. They never have a plan. Right. Ever. Well, he just contradicted himself. Well, and then there's that. Because his actions at the trade deadline, with a team that was nine games over 500, and very much in the thick of things, you know, or even before the All-Star break, because we all yeah. we know it all went south at the All-Star break. Right. Okay? But they were, what, two and a half games out of, out of first place with the All-Star break? Mm-hmm. Okay?
2: Four.
1: Decided that he would not four games. Yeah, but right, but they were like eight games over, were they not? Yeah, no, they were, they were there. Eight, yeah. nine games over 500. They were certainly in it. Decided that he was not going to trade any of his youth for the big players that were out there to help oh, him. Well, reach. then they came out of the break. They went two and nine on their West Coast trip. Out of the break, the season ended there essentially, yet they were still in it. And all you heard was, well, I we hope we they were still in it. it. We hope we can get on a run. But when was Cliff Lee traded, Cal? He, but, wait, he wasn't traded on the, on the trade deadline. He was traded like three weeks before that. Exactly. Exactly. That's when he should have made So it. he contradicted himself. He, well, you he can't did. go young. Well, actually, you know, y- you, you did. You did and you, you chose can. to. You can, too, as long as you oh, have sure. a plan. Oh, sure. T- I don't
2: know.
1: Let's move on. <laughs> Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. That about says it all with the Mets. oh. The only other thing with the Mets too, just this is two seconds. Lopan, Jeffy there, not the not the big guy, Jeff down in Florida Jeff. or Jeff down in Atlanta, and basically like big things are going on. Big things are going to happen, uh, and they think there's going to be management moves made the day after the season because once again, this is unacceptable. Right. It's unacceptable. We're going to hold uh, people accountable yeah. for what's happened. Sure. I, I, if I hear that again at the end of the season, I'm going to... It's going to be awesome. I'm going to pull my hair out. It's going to be awesome. I, I literally can't... Yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. When, when we hear it again... When, uh, we'll play the clip right here on the show. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're, it's August 31st. Figure on, you know, on or about October 10th is when for, uh, Jeff will Wilpon the fire uh, Manuel. Manuel, right. They'll keep – Well, Manuel will be asked back. Right. In they... contract. Right. They won't ask him back. They'll keep Mania. Oh, yeah. He'll be back. But they'll move him to an advisory role. Be the... They won't fire Mania. No. They'll, they'll move him to, to an advisory, advisory role. role. They'll, right. they'll make John Ricco the GM. That's correct. They'll bring Wally Backman in with all the bells and whistles and the horns and the parade, and they will tout this new era of Mets baseball – and how the previous era was unacceptable. Unacceptable. And we're gonna bring someone in who will hold his players accountable. That's right. And we need a new voice in the organization. And you know, it's blah blah blah. And it's, it's gonna be Rico and he's gonna be the new GM. Right. As long as he's not taking off his shirt, I think we're fine. <laughs> four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Let's segue right into football, Cal, because the Mets are just frankly depressing me. And I wanna still go right in with this. You wanna you wanna Mets lost nine to last night, two tonight. So let's end it there. Mets lose to the Braves 9-2 tonight, and all you needed to know about tonight's game was in that masterful lineup, that uh, master strat- <laughs> strategy, of <Who> bat- <laughs> dream manual. Who a cleanup tonight? That was be Jeff Frank Core, oh, who's batting two thirty eight and has a two twenty eight on on-base percentage. <laughs> How is that possible to have a lower on-base percentage? Rob Barajas pulled it off this season. Rob Barajas at one point had a lower uh, on-base percentage than batting average. So the Mets lose 9-2, Yankees win 9-3, to and so it goes, and so it goes. So let's go right into football uh, here on Ready to Unload with Cal and Dr. Pete and Dr. Erastat uh, here at DTR Episode 1. And we're going to get to the fun load in a couple minutes, folks. We have a really great fun load for you guys tonight. Uh, the RTU fun load is about sports memorabilia. I want to tell you all about my Uncle Tommy's jet room. Yes, he has one. Big Paulie has a jet room. Uh, and all kinds of other stuff. We, we have some great stuff, and uh, we want to hear from you on that. So, again, the number to call, 424-220-1817. And uh, let, let's just jump into football with this, Cal. Read that for me. Dr. Ewer just threw this up. Regarding Calvin Pace, who got hurt yes. in the preseason game on Friday. Hurt in a preseason game. All right. Enough. All right. Well, Jets coach Rex Ryan said Tuesday that outside linebacker Calvin Pace's foot surgery went so well. Number 97. Number 97. The taste could be back on the field by week two. That's right. Okay. The doctor seemed to think the surgery was really successful, Ryan Ryan said. Rex. Ryan. That is. <laughs> uh, he's definitely going to miss How's the first How's that copywriting class going? I'm
3: getting there. Yeah.
1: He's definitely going to miss the first week. <laughs> but we'll see about the second week. So, I'm not sure. Here's, here's the room that I had Cal Segway us in so beautifully <laughs> right there. <laughs> that essentially what we want to talk about with the Jets and the Giants are these two things. One, injuries. Uh, Two, they both played their third preseason game of the season, which is usually the watermark, if you will, of how uh, the team is looking because uh, the starters usually don't play in the fourth game of the season. As most people know. And, uh, the other thing, uh, with the Jets specifically, uh, the offense has been anemic. It has been troublesome. Dr. E-Ray is of the opinion that Mark Sanchez is, uh, not equipped to drive the Ferrari that could be the Jets offense. <laughs> he feels, I got a text from him on, he, he watched the game on tape. And I get a text from him on Saturday. I wait. Just out of his mind after watching the game. It's so unlike him too. Sanchez is not good enough. He, Are we in trouble because this quarterback is not ready to lead what is a championship defense? And it's the same problem as last year. They had a championship defense, and he cost them games. And I like him and everything, but he's not ready. Dr. Ray, you care to comment?
3: Yeah, I think probably I wouldn't be so upset had it not be for hard knocks. I mean I get to watch this guy who who basically is a man child watching his Broadway shows and dancing around all over the place with his uh you know, his body language after he makes a bad pass or he gets, you know, reprimanded in a meeting.
1: It it's it really worries me. Okay, now, now, now that's fair. That's why I brought it up. I didn't bring I did not bring you here tonight to trash you. <laughs> no, I, I, I we haven't come to crucify you. Yeah, I bring it up for, for two reasons. You made those points to me the other day. One was about his, uh, the hard knocks attitude and the fact that he's, he's seeming to be, uh, a dichotomy on hard knocks. Part of him is very immature and, and does not take criticism well. You know, the famous scene of him, uh, not listening to quarterback Coach Kavanaugh and looking in his gym bag and not even looking up at him and, and the famous line, you know, you know what would be great for you to do? And Mark Sanchez saying, yes, yeah, suck less. <laughs> you know, like he's 12. Uh, but you're also seeing a dichotomy where he's growing up a little bit in the Giant game. He's yelling that, you know, uh, he's got the play. Don't worry about it. He did that in practice as well. Like get off my back. I got it. Well, and, and to your point in the preseason game this week against Philadelphia, he's going to call the plays from right. the sideline. Right, which is I think a great move. It's a terrific move. But it, it, there's a dichotomy going on there, E-Ray, that we're seeing on hard knocks. Uh, and we're also seeing on the field but uh the other thing that I think you bring up that's interesting is that I said on this show 3 weeks ago or 2 weeks ago after the second pre- the first preseason game against the Giants that I think he's ready to make the leap. And I don't I watched that game as well. I don't understand why people are saying that and you know Rick from PA said this as well that he seems to have happier feet than he had last year. I totally disagree. I've seen checkdowns. I've seen very good signs, you know. Even even as anemic as the offense has been, so Dr. Ure with those two things going on. uh First, uh, give me give me your take on you know the dichotomy you're seeing on Hard Knocks. Do you think he grows out of that?
3: Well, you know, certainly if you think about the playoffs last year, I mean, he showed such such improvement during the you know from from the regular season that I I, I hear everything you're saying and I am impressed with certain things, but. When it comes to NFL quarterback, more than any other position in any sport, how you portray yourself on the field and off of it is so vital. And I don't like what I'm seeing off the field. Right.
1: Would you, would you feel better, E-Ray, if there were no hard, hard knocks?
3: No, actually I'm happier to see this stuff close hand because I, I mean come on, would Namus be doing the things that he's doing? I mean come on. I mean besides, you know, Take away anything that what it looked like in the first episode. That doesn't count. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> We'd like to. We'd like to try to erase that. I, I try. I try to forget, but uh, I, I just you know Brady. I don't think would act that way. You, you have to basically portray a t- certain kind of confidence without being arrogant and not look like you're overwhelmed.
1: Uh, all right, that's that's fair. But how do you take into account what the and Cal you too? How do you take into account what the veterans say that he's made? He's grown up by leaps and bounds. I Damian did. Woody said it's his team to lead now. He's a different guy in the huddle. He's doing much better. You know what I mean? Like, how do you take into how do you account for that? I put more stock into that. What the veterans are saying—they're around him 24/7. They see how he, you know how he's maturing. We you know we only see as, as much access as we get to the team now. We're still only seeing a little bit of what of what's going on there.
2: Right. You know,
1: you, you you'd like to see him not be as much of a goofball in the in the in the times that you see him. You know. Right. But I've got to trust the players. If the players are saying they trust him, you know, I, I, I feel better about that. Right. Uh, no, that, and that's fair. And, and I think that uh, though uh, y- the other point that Dr. Ray makes is that he could be more important to this team and this season and for all these reasons that we're talking about uh, that, uh, than uh, Darrell Revis. I mean, now, I, I, I think that's overstating it slightly because I think Darrell Revis, especially with Calvin Pace going down, right. this is why I wanted to bring up Calvin Pace uh, and start the segment here, because Calvin Pace, to me, just provided Darrell Revis with a tremendous amount of leverage because he's their best pass rusher, okay? They had so much trouble getting to the quarterback last year without blitzing and Darrell Revis allows the Jets' defense to do what they need to do. I mean, Francisco has been saying it for weeks, and he's not wrong. The fact that he is a shutdown corner allows them to blitz and bring the kitchen sink and get pressure on a quarterback without a true uh, pass-rushing end or a pass-rushing linebacker, and Calvin Pace is the closest thing they have to that. And now he's gone. Right. I just think that gives Revis all sorts of leverage. But just to wrap Sanchez, Cal... Just to wrap Sanchez, don't you think that I, – I, I think that he's made strides. I think his teammates around him, you know, you have to remember the kid's 23. Yeah, I see it. And, I mean, you, you just think about the strides that he made in the last six weeks of last season. You know, we watched him grow up in six weeks. I mean, to look at him eating a hot dog in the, in the San Diego game or the Oakland game last year on the, side, on the sidelines, right? Yeah, he's a hot dog in yeah. Oakland, and then he's leading the team into Indianapolis in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I think playing well and playing well, right. but that's the key. They got a he. They can't ask him to do too much. Right. Still, he's still not at that. point. They still point need yet. the training wheels on him. Absolutely. Uh,
2: but I. I but
1: uh, as far as I think, there is enough success in the playoffs last year, and I'm I'm talking about even on a on a regular game basis. What I'm seeing, okay, is the, him. You know, checking down, him making some better reads. Yes, the offense looked terrible against Carolina. Carolina's a pretty good defense. Okay, the 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 offense didn't look great. And did they look great against the Redskins? No, but they got their act together at the end of the first. And that was against the first team defense, by the way, not the second team defense for the Redskins. And they put together a brilliant drive that he was six of eight on and got them into the end zone. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel better watching him against you know, when the season starts, against teams like Baltimore, against teams like New England, of course. Miami, the first three right. weeks of the season, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Let's take a call on this. Let's take Rick from PA, the aforementioned Rick from PA. Rick, you are on with Cal and Pete. Welcome to Ready to Unload on Broad Talk Radio, my friend. What's going on?
4: Good evening, gentlemen. How are you?
1: How are you, Rick? What's going on over there in the PA?
4: Uh, you know, hot and sticky, just like up there, buddy. <laughs> Uh, but good. Calling a talk, yes, my man. Nice. And uh, and Sanchez, I, I I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. But I will tell you this: if they cannot run the ball this year, like they ran the ball last year, they are in a lot of trouble. Because I think that opened up a lot of the, you know, one-on-ones where Sanchez knew where he could throw the ball with one-on-one coverage. Uh, and he could make those passes. I still think he's struggling tremendously with not looking off defensive backs. And he's, if he does not learn that, he's going to fall into that rookie year again and throw a ton of interceptions.
1: Now, that's, that's a good point, Rick. And what do you, now how do you feel they're going to make Sean Green the future back? They let Thomas Jones go, but they brought in Tomlinson, who's looked good in camp.
2: How, how do, you, do you trust their running game right now?
4: Uh, yeah, I do. I, I do. Running back-wise, I think we're extremely talented um, in regards to Sean Green. A, but the big thing is, can he stay healthy? I mean, he's never played, you know, 16 15 games. You know, he's never played a yeah. full NFL season. Uh, LT is old, but he's he looks in great shape. Okay, great. You know, obviously, they don't necessarily have another Leon Johnson. I mean, that rookie is, does not look good. I mean
1: yeah, to uh, Right. Between vomiting and fumbling Joe McKnight has yes. not looked
4: No, McKnight's no Leon Washington, which is a nice change of back pace. I mean, so essentially you're gonna rely a lot on on uh on um L D T for that. Yep. And Sean Green has to stay healthy. He's never taken a pounding that he's gonna take this year. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting whether he can carry the ball twenty times a game consistently.
2: Yeah, now Rick,
1: one more thing about Sanchez, and I know you've watched the games and stuff like that, just going back to Mark, and we talked after the Giant game, and you called in and talked a little bit about how you still felt like there were some happy feet and a little too much patting the ball and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, do you find what I find, which is that, to me, it's been almost series to series with him in this preseason, and that in one series, he will look the part, every bit the part of the kid who led them into San Diego, led them into Cincinnati in the playoffs and won. And then the next year he'll come back and revert. Do you think that's just part of the learning curve, Rick, or do you think that you may have a problem with consistency with this kid?
4: I honestly I think he may have a problem with consistency. But I think he's learned a lot. I mean, he's obviously a student of the game. And you see that on hard knocks.
1: Yeah, no, he's you feel a like that. He is, he is. Right. He's- and, and
4: he loves watching film and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think he's learned a tremendous amount. I think he has, personality-wise, stepped up, as you said, Steve, in your show, that, you know, it definitely has taken over the offense. It is his offense, the lead. That does not necessarily mean he has the tools and the skills to essentially, if called upon, do it all himself. I mean, doesn't have to do himself, but a quarterback, good quarterback of, a, of an NFL football team, there will come times where you will have to put everybody on your shoulders and make the play. I don't know if he's that talented. I mean, he, he looks, his, he looks, but he just, I don't know, he looks too many throws exactly where they're going to go. And if he does that in this, in the NFL, he's going to continue to get picked off.
1: You got to remember, Rick, he's only 20, he's only 23 years old.
4: No, I understand. I'm just talking. I mean, it's a win. Make it a break this season. I yeah, mean, come on. He went out and did all this. So he's got the pressure on him. I mean, Rex went and, you know, he's Rex's boy, but Rex put all this pressure on
1: him. Uh, he's also played very little football. I mean, you know, he started 12 games in college. He started 15 games last season. You know, he, he's played very little football at this level. Now, Rick, lastly, uh, Cal and I were, discussed the 18-game season that is being proposed yes. at the top of the show <laughs> just real quick because I know you're an awesome football fan uh I wanted to get your take on that 18 game season are you yay or nay uh yeah I don't know guys I
4: no, you, you know off. I don't know I mean yay cuz I want to see more football but uh but I don't know. I mean, you're going to deal with a lot. I think I think two more games are going to you're going to deal with a lot more injuries. I kind of like your idea with with the two buys. It's a okay. unique idea. You get more football. You may not, you know, you only see your team the same amount, but you do get more football. Right. Um, so but I think going to 18 games is great. But you, you definitely have to up the roster. I, w- I would absolutely say you have to be able right. to add more players to your football team.
1: So, Cal, you get a little shout out there too. I, I think we both win. But, <laughs> but I think Ricky likes, Rick, Rick, you like the Simmons-San Pietro plan. I think you're on board with that.
4: Yeah, it'd be a good start to see kind of, you know, how <laughs> it goes. I mean, you're going to add more, you know, all, see, Steve though, not by playing two more games, you add more money to your football team so you can add players to your roster. You know, no, you get more yeah. rice, more all that kind of stuff.
1: So the roster has to, to
4: sell game. all that kind of stuff.
1: Yep, the roster has to get up to at least like 60, 65, easy. Why? I I just think they got to get concussions in hand first before they start thinking about adding more games.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't have a a whole bunch of Altoons running around, guys. No,
4: I mean, guys who can't come back
1: without getting a concussion
4: you know, the doctor has the last say until he's in the room with the GM and the owner, you know? <laughs> and, it's, and they're looking at the budget saying, you know what, he's playing because he put fannies in the seat. Yep,
0: really? But uh, I, I my last
4: know. point, if I may, the hmm. left guard, that I think could be a serious issue for the Jets this year. Yeah, I think it will hurt their running game and it could hurt Sanchez.
1: Yep, neither guy has himself to glory. And I think Lawson has the lead right now uh, and Brad Cost is just a little too raw, but... Uh, they're putting yeah. a lot of faith in Bill Callahan's ability to get Slosson up to speed, right?
4: It, that could be detrimental. And yeah. let me put it this way, I do not want to see Brunell on the field. He just is way too old. He's looked horrible. Yep. Having him as the backup quarterback, I think, is the wrong move. You go with a younger player in Clemens. Yep. You know, Brunel could still be third string and be the coach or whatnot, but having him be the next guy to go in if Sanchez goes down, Brunel looks Awful and old, yeah. and I'll leave it
1: on every, that. He looks every bit of his forty years, Rick. We'll talk to you next Terrible. year. Terrible.
4: All right, guys, enjoy your night.
1: Thanks, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. All right, so Rick, uh, Rick, checking in from PA. A great car into the uh, the unload, and uh, it, you know, uh, yeah, Doctor Leo brings up a good point. I was happy too to see them keep Clemens.
2: Well, because
1: Clemens to me should be the second stringer for this Jets team. Well, it's an interesting story about Clemens is that. If, if you read up on it, they gave him the option to try to find another team to go catch on somewhere else. but right. He didn't find too much interest. Right. And they were gonna cut him. They were gonna cut him so he could go be a starter somewhere or have a shot to be a starter. But he decided he did not find that. Yeah, he decided it was better. To and stay. he took a pay cut. He did take a pay cut. Yep, he took a pay cut to stay here. And you know what? I think if 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 a second string quarterback has to see significant time, hopefully it doesn't happen. And don't be surprised if it's Kellen Clements. That wouldn't surprise me at all. No. Uh, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. the number to call here on Ready to Unload with Cal. And CP. We have the Swami coming up in a bit. And, uh, we want to just touch on a couple of Giants things, a couple of Giant points before we get to it. And the big story to me, Cal, with the Giants, very, very tough, tough, bad outing against the Ravens the other night in their third preseason game. Yeah. Both teams lost. Both teams had uh, units that did not look good for the Giants. It was the defense. And, look, we've screamed about the Giants' defense since la- since we started doing the show, and they were in the midst of a 3-8 and eight collapse last season. The defense has been the problem. They brought in Perry Fuel they, they, to try to uh, reinvigorate the defense. They get, they're get they getting Kenny Phillips back. Bullock is there. Well, they're not at full strength But yet. they're not. At, again, with the injuries with the team, Cal, yeah, I it's know. starting to look a lot like last year. Bacchiano wrote about it uh, in the Daily News the other day. Yeah, I know. Um and we talk about this all the time. Giant football is, you know, running the ball and playing solid defense. And right now, can you trust Brandon Jacobs on the offensive side? No. No, you can't trust. The, so the running game he can't trust. Right. The defense he can't trust. Those are the two hallmarks of Giants football. Right. They're, They're you know? banged up on the offensive line, so you're worried about the running game. Brandon Jacobs has not run with the urgency that he, uh, in in some time now. Right. Uh, Ahmaud Bradshaw looks to be back, looks to bounce back a little bit. But he's you'd love to have the, right? But you'd love to have the thunder and lightning thing. You would. The thing that confuses me uh, in watching them a little bit the other night is, uh, one thing is, it seems that Bradshaw runs inside and Jacobs runs outside. It's backwards. Which makes absolutely no sense to I know. Um, but, again, it's a vanilla game plan. I understand all that. It's a very good Ravens defense, obviously. But they're banged up on the offensive line. And then the other thing I noticed they're banged up at the corners. I'm not going to say banged up again. <laughs> but their, their two starting quarters did not did not play the other night. uh, Ross and Terrell Thomas did right. not play. So they had two rookie corners. They played a lot of men. They kind of threw the, the younger corners to the rules, to so let them see what happened, sort of thing. And, you know, you saw the results of that, that you know, 220 yards offense uh, for the Ravens in the first half. I think, I think that this Giants defense can get things squared away before the season opener. That one game? I think they can. Because I, th- I think, I really do feel like that defense, it's just a matter of getting healthy. That if they have their starting secondary on the field, if they have Terrell Thomas, Ross, Antrell Rowe, and Kenny Phillips on the field, that that secondary goes up. In, in quality exponentially. Absolutely. And they got to be healthy. Exactly. So, that, so I'm saying they could, they could improve into week one just yes. with health. Well, I, yeah, I mean, just with health. Yeah. You know? Know, but it's a big if. I mean, they are banged up. I mean, look at now today, the news goes down that Jim Sorge, back backup quarterback, yeah. and Sonaris Moss both go on IR. Yep. No, no, I mean, the injuries, this is, this is a little of what happened last year with the Giants, where the injuries started to mount, and they would give lackluster efforts. I mean, Roman Oven was, uh, Roman Oven was on the other night, he's a Giant commentator, a uh, former Giant player, uh, does an excellent job, uh, as a commentator, uh, and it was on, uh, the fan the other night, Cal, he was talking about it, he's like, they're not playing Giant football anymore, they haven't played Giant football in a long time, and I know it's a preseason game and all, but there's, there doesn't seem to be pride. Has Tom Coughlin lost that room? I'm not going to disparage the man on his birthday. <laughs> but lucky for him, it's his birthday. <laughs> Good for him. But I, I don't think he's lost the room, but I, they can't live off of that Super Bowl anymore. It's, they're too far removed from it. I, I think he's hot seating, Cal. I think it's big hot seating, especially when you got a guy like Bill Cower just sitting I there waiting. They get off to a one and four. Hot seat in USA. You know? I, I, I don't know. The Giants, I, like I said, they get some health. Even if they just get those corners back. Yeah. They're gonna be better. But I, I'm interested to see what kind of game plans 2 pay Fuel th- throws out when the, when the chips are for real. Right. The chips are for real? Well, the chips are for real. I couldn't come up with anything better than that? <laughs> Alright, let's take a call before we go to the fun load. Let's, uh, take a, a famous RTU caller. Uh, one of our favorite RT callers, the Swami, is calling. Where in the world is the Swami tonight?
2: I'm in uh, Istanbul, Turkey. Is Constantinople. I used to was. That's correct. We're How watching, the, huh? uh, we're watching plen- the USA men's basketball team. Uh, huh. We're 3-0, by the way. Barely. Uh, we beat, yeah, we've beaten Croatia, Slovenia, and today, by two points, we beat Brazil, 17-68. It was touch and go. Wow!
0: And tomorrow, tomorrow, believe it or
2: not, is a big challenge. Tomorrow Iran? we're playing Iran.
1: Iran? Iran?
2: I I like to call it Iran, but
1: hey, call it whatever you want. We'll Nuclear, you know.
2: Uh, it, now, I know you guys, I know you guys are probably. I didn't hear the entire show, unfortunately, the time zone difference. But I'm sure you guys congratulated the Japanese Little League team. We were well, just about to, to.
1: We were just about
2: oh, to. I, uh,
1: oh, I would be remiss if I didn't
2: congratulate uh, our uh, Eastern champions.
1: Yes, why don't you do that for, Why don't you send a ready-to-unload congratulations official style from the Swamp?
2: Very good. On behalf <laughs> of the entire staff, congratulations, boys. You were wonderful, showed great team spirit, and were, it was a, a great thing to watch.
1: All right, excellent. And so I, I won't
2: use the word dichotomy.
1: You won't use the word dichotomy. Why not?
2: No, I. Well, I don't know what it means. <laughs>
1: <but> <laughs> you
2: just use it. Sounds it like <laughs> something that I would get operated on for by somebody, but I don't. know.
1: Doctor Erase. Ray. Doctor Erase, Erase that.
2: Now, yeah, uh, I, I hear you. I hear you guys have been commenting on the Mets and the Jets and the Giants, and you know, yeah, that's yeah. all well and good. You're yeah. entitled to. You're entitled to your own personal feelings on these things. Well, I, mean, oh, sure. I, know, I know you haven't even brought up the fact that Tiger Woods has decided to take up residence in New York City.
1: Did he really? Uh, yeah, who, he's uh, living downtown. Is that right?
2: Yeah. It's for two o'clock, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that highly. I doubt that highly myself. Uh,
2: you guys are doing a great, great show. I, 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 just want to, I just want to just add one quick thing before we go, before I go, is that uh, preseason play has a tendency lately to not be, uh, how should we put it, uh, a spectator sport uh, as it was hoped to be. So I don't, I don't think the teams, any of them, are giving 100%.
1: Uh, Okay, so we should not uh, you know, talk to people, the Jets and the Giants, off the ledge there.
2: Just remember, it all doesn't mean anything until the first kickoff of the official season.
1: That's right, and that kickoff is coming pretty soon, Swam.
2: Pretty darn soon.
1: A week from Thursday night, the NFL season kicks off, and join us next week with the Swami when he makes his first round of predictions. Will you be ready for that, Swam?
2: Yes. I've been I've been in training. I've been uh, in consultation with a lot of my uh, key people, right. And uh, you will get the uh, updated version right here, September 2010.
1: <laughs> he just fills you with confidence, doesn't he? He does. Like you feel you feel a little warm inside, like you're going to get the picks from him. Oh yeah.
2: Well, I know you guys were picking on on poor mark, and for, for, probably for good reason. But I always like to remember the fact of. The team is composed of many players.
1: Right, and many personalities.
2: And many personalities.
1: And many faces. All right, Swami, so we're going to run to the fun mode, pal. We'll talk to you next week. All right, day. go for it. All right, pal, keep your powder dry.
2: We'll. And,
1: and, and the Swami checks in, and next week it gets very big for the Swami. Oh my goodness! It's like you know. It gets very big. It's the beginning of the season for football, but it's also the beginning of the Swami season. The Swami season, right? Swami season is upon us. Get your T-shirts, folks. Oh boy! I'm not kidding. You know what those T-shirts are? They're like, uh, like the Guido tees, though. They're nice. Oh yeah. They look like the situation. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch that show. I refuse to watch that show. Okay. Uh, so, speaking of shirts, speaking of shirts, <laughs> we did it at 10:40. No, no. You know, we're going to move to the fun load right now, folks. The RTU fun load. And here's how I want to do it, Cal. I want you to turn around over your shoulder, over your right shoulder. Where am I? Oh, yeah. Okay, and I want you to tell, tell the listening audience what's right there. What are you looking at? That is a picture of the Beatles. No, no. <laughs> Next to that, to oh, the left. I see. The uh, It's a plaque. Yes. With the New York Islanders logo on it. Yes. And what else is on it? Right to the left of the, the IS in Islanders. Oh, well that's a signature. That is a signature an indeed. Ass. And you know who that is? I'm gonna, it's hard to tell based on the, you know, the, uh, the 1980s wood finish. That's correct. It looks like it might be Billy Smith. That's correct. Am I right? It is Hall of Famer Billy Smith. And that plaque that you are looking at was purchased in 1983 at the Long Island Arena, the free market across the street from the house I grew up in on Long Island. It's a Target now. And that signature was obtained a few days later after buying the plaque in the easiest of fashions. How can you possibly imagine? I walked up the street to Peppertree Commons to a little sports store there, up Jericho Turnpike here on Long Island, where Billy Smith was signing autographs for free. (laughs) For absolutely free. Oh, boy. Stanley Cup winner, future Hall of Famer, Billy Smith signing for free. At Peppertree Commons. Peppertree (laughs) Commons. Wow. Right around the corner from where you live. It's down the block. I could have come right over. Well not not I I seventeen Shell Shelbourne. Shelbourne. That's what I said. Sixteen. <laughs> Dan Dan seventeen one more. Right. anyway. Uh we bring What's no. that, <laughs> What's Wasn't that? that right near Cinnabon? Wasn't that right near Cinnabon? <laughs> I think eventually. Uh, there was no such thing as Cinnabon back then. Not in nineteen eighty three? No. No. You didn't even know what a Cinnabon was. You didn't have cin- oh. there was no cinnamon then. <laughs> they didn't have cinnamon. <laughs> The reason I bring this up, folks, is that we're, as we move into the ready-to-unload, fun-load, tonight's topic is sports memorabilia. And that is a piece of sports memorabilia that I have and have had since I was the tender age of nine. And here's what we want to talk about, folks. And we want you to call in and chime in on it, too. 424-220-1817, the number to call the RTU hotline. The cow. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Bro. Bro. Don't don't ever bro again. Oh, all right, we are we live in a no bro zone. That's true. No bro zone. Um, I, I love the, the sports memorabilia. It has completely changed. So the first thing I want to do is tell me a little bit about your sports memorabilia background in the '80s. Uh, you know, when when you're a kid. As a kid, yeah. Like two big things when I was a kid. Number one, baseball cards. Always baseball cards. Yes, and I'm huge. We we had a stationery store. Remember stationery stores? You know. A long time ago. used to go, You mean where I got my sticker books and stickers for that, my baseball sticker books? Well, that was number two. Right. But number one was always baseball cards. I always used to go and get the packs. You know, you'd always open it up. There'd Pops. be, you know, three Claudel Washingtons with the gum stain on it. You know, but it was great. great. Awesome. He never got a good card. No. Um, but the baseball cards were number one, and the sticker book, number two. Right. Every Easter, without fail, yep. I got the new sticker book. And couldn't wait to fill the middle of the sticker book, which was the all-star section. Of Of course. With the foil stickers. Gold foil. Gold foil. Yes. So that's, that, I mean, big time. Now, did you, but did you get autographs as a kid? No. Because where we grew up on Long Island, these guys were everywhere. Oh, yeah. For free. Now, see, what I did when I was a little older as a teenager, maybe like in the late, late 80s. Oh, I'm dating myself. (laughs) Here I go again. Um, You take yourself out to dinner. (laughs) Terrible. God, I don't know. It's It's late. Well, I used to go to the Islander games. 15, 16 years old, you're talking. Yes. I think think we did this. We might have done this. We absolutely did this. You know where I'm going with this. Then go. Okay. 7 o'clock, Islander hockey game. You have the parents drop you off at the Marriott Hotel, which was next door around 3. Okay, that's absolutely right. 3, 3.30. Why? Well, because... That's where the visiting team used to stay. So what you do with maybe like five or six other crazy people, typically kids, but there was always the one grown adult <laughs> Awkward. with the pins and Awkward. the book. We'll and get to him in a second. <laughs> we'll get to that that, that that guy in a second. Go. Um, and then you'd wait before the game, and you would get the players as they walked because it was walking distance. Right, it's still they a, would walk from the hotel to the locker room to the National Coliseum. Yeah. You would you'd have to walk across the parking lot, yeah. and you would just wait there. And let me tell you, hockey, the National Coliseum is stuck in 1985 anyway. Yeah, so it's true. But um, hockey players, the most accessible athletes of any oh, totally. professional athlete, polite, yep. signed everything, best looking wives. They do have some very looking wives and girlfriends. That's true. And Dr. LeRae, anything you want to add about hockey players? Uh, Uh
3: Generally very (laughs) very handsome if they have all their teeth.
1: (laughs) Dr. LeRae made the mistake, just a real quick aside, of saying years Uh, ago. um,
3: Really? Really?
1: In (laughs) a fashion (laughs) (laughs) that that hockey players were probably the best-looking athletes. Can can we just
3: make a statement that I... (laughs) That there's not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm, I'm very straight here.
1: <laughs> so now he just told him the like, ass on us. Now he just held a press conference to tell us that. I, I'll, ba- I'll back i back. We all yeah, backed yeah. it. I mean, we all backed the it. The question. Dr. I'm not throwing you under the bus here. We all backed it up. We all agreed. It was just the way you said it with such conviction. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the feels that he, he literally said that I think in 1993. Cal,
3: you would tell us Cal, you were telling a story about the autographs?
1: I was. (laughs) So these handsome young men would walk across from the hotel. Um, These delightful. Really, just a pleasure to look at I didn't even get their autograph. I just kind of sat there and stared (laughs) as the mullet flowed in the wind. No, but it was very easy to get autographs then. uh, uh, Now, my big thing with this kind of stuff was, they were always making appearances at places that were walking distance from my house. Yes. So some, in it, like, pepper Tree Commons, I got Clark Gillies there, future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Bobby Nystrom there. I got uh, Billy Smith there. As hockey I said, players. Hockey players. Right. But I also got Wesley Walker there, Freeman oh. McNeil there. Wow. And this was a little sports store that would just run these promotions, and the guys would sign stuff for free. Right. Because the idea was you'd come into the store. Now – Memorabilia goes far and wide with, you know, uh, 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 outside of autographs. Autographs we loved because they were easily attainable. And when we were kids, it, you never thought about the monetary influence. You thought about, like, I, I wrote to Dave Kingman. You wrote him like a letter? I wrote a letter, a fan letter. My buddy Kevin and I wrote fan letters to Dave Kingman. Wow. And just to give you an idea of how much fan mail Dave kamen got, he wrote us back in pen. In like ballpoint thick pen. Wow. And he signed a picture, a little 5 by 7 picture of him in ballpoint pen. Didn't even have a sharpie. That's how much fan mail Dave Kingman got. And I, I wrote to Dave Kingman because he was my favorite Met. My grandmother said you should write to him. So I had that picture up on my wall for years. You know, my buddy Kev had Bob Nystrom's, you know, promo glossy sign for yeah. years. Sure. I don't know where it is now. But it, it wasn't to collect. It was cool to have. Right. fast, so, fast forward now to right. today, and the kid that writes, let's say, I don't know, let's use Mark Teixeira. It's the first name that came to my head. Right. Don't read anything into it. It's just a name. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Difficult to spell one. The kid, kid writes a letter to Mark Teixeira. The father says, hey, buddy, why don't you write Mark Teixeira a letter because... We need to pay for your college fund. That's correct. So write him a You know, kid, kid's going to write him a letter. Now he's going to write you a letter back, and then you're going to – yeah, the kid's name is Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to get that letter, and we are going to wait about 10 years. Right. Okay? You will then be 18 years old. Mark Teixeira will be in the Hall of Fame, and you're going to put that letter on eBay. Right. It, it, it has become – there was no eBay then. There was wow. no Internet. There wasn't anything to buy and sell this stuff. There was no trade. So you just, you, you had it. Right. You know, and then eBay came about, Cal, and, and this stuff became crazy. You
2: well, know, uh, even before eBay.
1: Right. But it, came, it became, well, but I think eBay took stupid stuff. Right. Stupid sports memorabilia that shouldn't be memorabilia.
0: Right. And made it
1: valuable. You know, like Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. I was telling uh, the listeners about that book called Miracle Ball mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. It's a great book. If you, I, I can't remember the author's name offhand but it's about the search for Bobby Thompson's home run ball,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, which was never found, by the way. I hate to ruin the end of the book. But uh, but anyway, that's like a piece of sports memorabilia that's legendary, that's invaluable. Like, been, you know, it's like the Maris rookie or the mantle rookie card, you know what I mean? It's you crazy. would never think to sell that. You would never think to no, sell I mean, it. I mean, mean, you would eventually, but it would be a collector. It would be like a, you know. Right. Now you've got guys catching A-Rod 600th baseball home run ball, and it's worth $150,000. Right. Why? Because there's a market for it, I guess, but, you know, you had the, the situation a couple of years ago, Cal, with Luis Gonzalez's gum. Remember that? Right. Luis Gonzalez. That, I was trying to think of what the issue was. That, right. that was it. He, it. It was a piece of chewed gum being sold on eBay from Luis Gonzalez. He had chewed this gum, and somebody got it, and it started out as like a joke, and then all of a sudden it fetched 50 bucks. hmm and that became a piece of sports memorabilia. Like, there was a time when sports memorabilia was actually sports memorabilia. Right, like a baseball card or a ball, you know? Exactly. A bat. Now, let me ask you a, a, two questions now. Okay. Some guys go over the top of this. Some girls, too. I mean, let's not just – some guys we, – we had that story that we saw. You saw that, that I sent that to you, right? It's a couple of years old.
0: Yeah. So about the Steelers, Steelers
1: the Steelers fan. the uh, Steelers fan – decided that when he had he in his will that when he died and he was young, he cancer, he was like in his 50s, yeah. early 50s, mm-hmm. he passes away, he wants to be waked, have his viewing, with him sitting up in his chair wearing his Steeler's pajamas with a pack of cigarettes and a beer next to him, watching a looped highlight tape sitting up upright with his feet crossed, and he was waked that way. Mm-hmm. He was, it, now, that's a little much. Too much! I don't know how comfortable I'd with that. I would not be comfortable attending that. I, I, I wouldn't. I know that story's old, folks, but it made me think about, like, you know, And <laughs> Dr. Ray just chimed in. He wants that with the New York Liberty, the women's professional basketball team. Are you wearing
2: the Lobo jersey?
1: Do you want the Lobo jersey, Dr. Iray? Uh
2: Because
1: we got next. So, uh, the best is that they don't even have Liberty on their jersey anymore. It says Foxwoods.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so There's a nice
1: piece of memorabilia. So your wake would be sponsored by Foxwoods, the casino. That's correct. But, but that's uh, this guy obviously had a whole bunch of memorabilia and is just way over the top. But the coolest one I saw, the, did you see that other one I found, Cal? Which one was that? The guy with the Cardinals' first stadium wall in his basement? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. So they get rid of the old Bush Stadium in 2004 and and bringing in the new stadium, and this guy buys the outfield wall that has the 2004 champions insignia. National League champions. National League champions because they lost to the Red Sox. Right. And he has that in his basement. It's tremendous. Now, that's one of the coolest pieces of memorabilia I've ever seen. I've got a buddy that bought a section of the facade at Shea Stadium. Now, where am I going to put that? (laughs) He happens to have the perfect basement for it. It's long Shut and, up. and narrow. I swear to you. And it was the section, if you remember Chase Stadium, for those of you listening at home. Chase mm-hmm. Stadium used to have images of classic Met moments right along underneath the press box. Right at Chase Stadium. On the facade. On the facade. So he bought the section that had a picture of Robin Ventura. The uh, Grand Slam. The Slam. Grand Slam single. Jesse Orozco with the arms up in the air. And I wanna Shut up. Stop the his basement. Spengler. It's it's about eight feet long. It's it was aluminum. Yeah. 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 It's in his basement hanging up against the wall. Oh man. See, now I've seen some I've seen that's that's tremendous. It's great. I've I seen some great 20. collections. Here's two I gotta give you real quick. Okay. We've about five minutes left in the show tonight, so we're gonna skip the unload list. we're gonna stick with the with the fun load. Uh but two I gotta give you real quick. One My Uncle Tommy, you know him as Big Pauly, has had a jet room for years, and he keeps adding all this memorabilia to it. And he's got great stuff in there. He's got a lot of NamUs stuff. He's got the signed helmets and the jerseys. But he gets all kinds of players. It's not just jets. Right. He's got a Marino signed picture in there. If you're a Hall of Famer in any sport, you got a shot. (laughs) And making it Big Pauly Pauly. exclusive into Big Paulys. Right. And, of course, he's got his PS3 in there. Sure. And that's where the gaming goes on. So the dream of mine is to own my house, have a house someday where I can have a Jet sports room. But the beauty part is, he got all this stuff. They moved into this house the year before they changed the logo back. Get so out the of ra- here. So he's got the wallpaper that everything is the old Jet logo, the 80s Jet logo. And then Parcells came in and changed it the next year. <laughs> like literally six months after he did everything. Oh, geez. So it's like... He's got like a throwback jet room. To the 80s. Right. <laughs> it's not even a throwback because the current logo is the old, the old logo. logo. He's got the middle one. Exactly. He's got a throwback to the Ken O'Brien days. To the Richard Todd days. That's correct. To the classic Abdul Salam days. So, and the other one is, I, I was good friends with, uh, and I, and I, I, I don't want to name drop here, but I have to in this particular instance. Alright. With Janice Arbor. Yes, I went to college at the University of Dayton with Janice Arbor, who is a a great girl and uh, the coach of Hall of Fame uh, New York Islanders coach Al Arbor. And Janice, it it was just a cool girl. We got along super well. She was a really good friend of mine, and I know she works for NFL Films, or she was working for NHL, I should say, NHL Productions, and uh, became a producer and quite successful. Uh, But their, their house, I got to go to Al Arbor's house. Wow. And the stuff that was in this house, like, she was like, you want a minute? I was like, I need a year. Yeah. It's like Like a museum. Original Leroy Neiman's and, like, you know, mini Stanley Cups. Like, they give every player a miniature of the Stanley Cup that you win. Right. And it was just, like, I picked it up and pretended I was carrying it around the house, you know? Like, carrying it over my head. You know what I mean? The miniature Stanley Cup. Yeah, the mini one. Right, yeah. I was like, can you give me a beer? I want to drink a beer out of this. Like, as if you were a giant. Oh, just, I love the memorabilia. I love the memorabilia. And then I have I have a Mick Vakota game-used hockey stick. Nice. That I got in an Islanders practice. That and, is. That's about as. Nick close. I Always liked him. No, I know you had the 12 jersey. Had the jersey had the stick. You were the one. So yeah. His own mother probably didn't even have a no, Minnesota jersey. No, no, and everybody everybody wanted to know. You know, they always said he was Nick Vagoda. That's right. You know, <laughs> A Vagoda. I think my when my mother bought me that jersey as a kid, I think that's how she asked
2: for it. Right? Can
1: I have the fish jersey? Can I have the Vagoda jersey?
2: Can I have the Castillo jersey? Yeah.
1: Um, now, lastly, on this with the memorabilia, Cal, just to wrap up, right? Question: it, You know, some of the things we've talked about are a little over the top. Mm-hmm. But if you could, you could have taken a piece of like uh, shea, shea, What would you have done? Well, they well they were they. they, cause have, they auctioned off the whole place. People were taking everything. I would have loved the foul pole. And, right? Could you imagine putting a foul pole up in your backyard? Why not? That would be. be most awesome thing. Dr. Leo, you have any, anything real quick on the memorabilia?
3: Yeah, I was never really into the memorabilia. I never collected stuff. Uh, I got some autographs. I never really cared about them. For me, it was all baseball cards. And I remember my dad used to buy them by the set. And he used to be like, listen, let's just buy the set. It'll be an investment. And he bought the 1984. I remember 1984, he's like, Don Mattingly, Dwight Gooden, these guys are Hall of Famers. Thank it. Uh-huh. How'd that work out? How'd that work out?
1: Don't open the box. Yeah, and don't don't let Mattingly wrestle with Mel Hall, and don't let Doc good near any sort of crack. <laughs> I, mem-
3: I remember talking about like you know McGuire, like the steroid era ruined a lot of these guys car- these cards values as well.
1: Yeah, big time. Well, I, you know I love the memorabilia stuff too. I, I gotta say that that outfield wall in the guy's basement. The fun I would have just taking pictures against it, <laughs> like taking in-action shots and pretending I was looping over the wall to make catches. Even though it's uh, ridiculous. Well, that's all the time we have on radio and this week, Cal. That's it. Yeah, and thank no you for joining that. us. Uh, definitely check out www.rtusports.com during the week for blog on loads. Uh, Dr. Uwe is on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Cal is on Twitter, and we'll be back next Tuesday night with plenty of NFL and plenty to do for Brian Cowley. And Evan Eisenberg, I'm Steve Sampietro. We'll see you next week,
2: folks. Thanks.